What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Recorded live. Shalom, for on the record, this is Brother Treasure in Israel, Tribe of Judah, and welcome to Thursday Night's Fellowship Line. The time, the time now is 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 6 o'clock p.m. Central. Um, I'm going to start off by saying, uh, is, or asking, is Mr. Priest online? Okay. Uh, we're on um, break right now. What is our... I want to say this is our. I don't know. If well, let me just say this: we are on break, and we will be back uh, January twenty third. Um, I'm hoping everybody is enjoying their time off, and you know, getting their heads and things together. Two thousand eighteen is going to be a very telling year, so we don't really know. But nonetheless, I'll open up the floor for any topics that anyone wants to share. Just state your name for one on the record. Sister Adriana. Start from that. I had to step with some phone for one moment. Um, I heard Octi Adriana's uh, voice. How are you doing, sister? I'm good. How are you doing? Fine. Um, I'll open up the floor. Does anybody here? Well, let me just say this, because Donald Trump has passed the tax bill. Anybody hear about that? Yes. What did you hear about it, brother? All I heard was he passed it. Oh, <laughs> when, when I, I mean, I heard, you know, I heard different opinions about how it's going to affect you know, the so-called African-American community, one of the worst for us, for us, our community, if you want to say. But uh, I'm still figuring it all out. I mean, I, I know certain, I'm sorry about the noise in the background. I know there's a... Uh, 
Yeah, that's basically a lot of uh, social, you know, social um, programs that we have definitely will be affected. That's why most people are scared. But it's not only our, our community. There's going to be a lot of other communities going to be affected by, you know, middle class or poor class, whether they're white or black. But, uh, what do you think about that? Uh, yes, sir. Anyone, anyone else? Hear anything about the tax bill? Shalom, phone on the record, Sister Anisha. Uh, I don't know if there's really anything specifically that you're that you're looking for. I know there's going to be. No, any nothing specific. Um, I guess uh, anything that you heard <laughs> about it. Um, well, it's signed into. Oh gosh, we spoke about it in depth too last week. Um, about the new little addition to it that was right. made by President Trump, um, specifically to basically buffer. Um, it, to basically uh, uh, to give like uh, sorry I just woke up I took a nap um, so basically okay. yeah um, to like uh, give relief to people, to individuals that are similar to him that run substantial real estate businesses in addition to that, and understand that HUD will be cut in a number of le- levels, um, one of which has to do with housing for disabled persons and the benefits that disabled persons are able to get or uh, stipends, if you will, towards their rent. Um, also, they're looking to cut certain Medicaid, not Medicaid, but Medicare benefits where the elderly's premiums are going to be going up. I think there was a difference of almost doubling um, uh, in the annual required contribution, and then also the prescription medicines, um, those things that they're being covered for, certain prescriptions going up. Um, they also talked about Section 8, uh, where that was going to be cut. Um, I actually had an opportunity to view uh, a vlog documentary on food stamps, and they are they they actually cut the amount of food stamps um, statewide that individuals will be able to receive. But then they they, they kind of robbed Peter to pay Paul because they took some of the benefit out of that particular benefit, and then they put it into like. Um, uh, their budget for like school children and you know the the 
free lunch and free breakfast type uh, program to where the kids would be receiving free breakfast and free lunch at school. Um, so those are some of the things that I've read and seen um, mentioned regarding the tax bill, and I yield. Interesting. Anyone uh, else? Well, oh, I'm sorry. Was that one of the No. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll make it real brief. Um, this may not be um, related to the taxes per se, or uh, it might just kind of fold over in there some kind of way too. But I know that they are talking about they want to make even um, receiving Social Security an entitlement. They want to group that in with the, the entitlement benefits, such as like, you know, what some of the things that Sister Nisha just mentioned, which fall under entitlement. Um, they want to kind of put Social Security in there too, which is uh, is crazy because, I mean, especially if they're talking about now, if they're talking about SSI for people who really didn't work much or didn't work at all, and that's what they get. But Social Security itself, and that, and that's where I'm going to have to look deeper and get clarification, but I was having a conversation with someone, and he looked into it, and he really thought that, uh, from what, the way he was explaining to me, that it did not matter. They want to lump it all in there as an entitlement, even though you we've worked, paid into it, and um, those of us who are still working are still paying into it, but then all of a sudden, when that time comes, they want to say it's an entitlement. You have to prove that you earned, I don't know, some kind of craziness they're trying to come up with. And we know it's because, you know, they've been spending so much of the money along the way and giving so many big tax breaks to, you know, who they want to give them to. And now we know the pot's uh, low, and so now they're scrambling to come up with different ways to um, try to um, make up for it as time goes on and people who have worked for it, you know, begin to retire and say, you know, now, you know, down the road, I want, because we, we know that the people who are getting it now, they're receiving money from the people who work, uh, who are those of us who are still working. That's how they're funding it. That's how they've been doing it for a long time. So when we want to retire, you know, they just keep going on and on doing that same thing. And with that, I yield. Forgive me for the delay. Is there anyone else? Oh, I'm sorry. Is there any? Is there anyone else? Okay, so I wanted to just just say this right quick. Well, before I say anything else, is is Minister Priest online? I just want to check and see. Okay. So, uh, of course, we're we're hearing about the tax bill. It's um. It's obviously a big deal going into 2018 because 2017 was pretty much a foreshadow of things to come. Uh, actually, 2017 is the beginning of, well, obviously I just said it was, you know, a foreshadow of things to come. Only because I remember several years ago, um, especially on this line where Minister Priest kept saying, that Babylon is falling. And the interesting thing about it is it's subtle. Like people won't, it's, it's, 
it's coming down in a way in such a way where people don't see it because it's happening in stages. And you know, the interesting thing about it is um no one will re- no one will act or react until it eventually affects them the most. So we have a situation where going into it, they're having so many cutbacks, 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 cutbacks. And, you know, when people look at it, they'll say, oh, that's wrong, oh, that's wrong, it's wrong, it's wrong, it's wrong. And in, some, and in most cases it is wrong because there are people who pay into these, these social programs and can't even use them. But before I say what I'm going to say, let me also say this. If I haven't already said this, because I brought this up some time ago to Minister Priest, and I said that I've been keeping my tech stubs since 2008. I know you guys probably <laughs> wonder why would anybody keep their tech stubs since 2008. Well, you have to remember this, if you don't remember anything else. They take out taxes and they take out things from the money that you earn and put them towards things that are supposed to benefit you. Now, if you haven't noticed that usually the things that benefit you are Social Security and um, you may get money towards health care and so on and so forth. But I always like to say, and I, I mentioned to Minister Priest, what happens when your government is no longer active, when there is no longer an institution and they have taken this money and put it towards different, and put it towards different things to quote, supposedly for your benefit? But surely that money is just sitting somewhere or it's, it's something is happening to it, it's going to happen to it. You know, they're deciding something, you know, deciding on what's going to happen to it. Either way, the money is something's happening to the money or it's got to happen to the money. My whole thing is, is this. Save your check stubs. Save them. Because, my friends, those check stubs have your assurance on them. And what I mean is if anything was to happen to this government, you have record-keeping of the things that they owe you. They take out taxes for FICA. They take out taxes for Medicare. They take out taxes for Social Security. And whatever other tax they take out, they tax and tax and tax. If the government is no longer proactive, you have collateral. I didn't really pay too much attention to it until this year, and I brought it up, Minister Priest, and I kept saying to myself, dang, you know, I'm like, I hold on to these te- these check stubs, and then it hit me this year that, you know, they're taking these things out, but what if they don't, what if there's no government anymore? How will we be able to access this stuff? 
I mean, they're taking money out of my check, you know, telling me that I'd be able to, you, you know, get this benefit and this, that, and the other, and so on and so on. But if there's no government, how will I access this benefit? Well, you're not getting off that damn easy because I want what was owed to me. So keep your checks up. Save them because they have your assurance on there. <laughs> um, what point was I going to say before I actually said this? Oh, um, just thinking about all the things that you guys were saying in regards to the tax bill, it just further just proves that uh, resources are scarce. And you have these people budgeting, you know, in such a way where if, you know, they, they have to manage, obviously they're managing a household and there's so many mouths to feed and they have to do what they have to do. And in worst cases, you know, we luck out. But what about the people who have more than us? They may get hard. They may get hurt, uh, hit harder than we do, because they have more to lose. But nonetheless, some of those people actually, you know, study the tax codes and they put their money in offshore banking and all this other different stuff, and they, you know, avoid taxation. Some, some, nonetheless, and they are able to harvest their money. Just last week, we were talking, me, uh, I myself and Octanisha were talking about the provision that they put uh, that wasn't in the regular uh, um, uh, bill uh, stating that um, any, I guess you could say, pass-through corporation uh, can uh, have a 20% deduction now, I think. Uh, but there's two requirements. They have to actually be a, a company paying employees. Like they have to be hiring them and paying them, paying them, uh, paying them wages, and they have to have some property. This is how they would afford. This is how these people would afford the, the deduction. Deduction. But this is also how they quote unquote would capped the provision as to say this is how everybody wouldn't be able to uh, bank off the deduction or the provision, so to speak, saying, because in the article they were saying, well, how would they keep everybody from becoming a corporation and taking it, uh, and being able to enjoy the provision, so to speak, as to say people are actually, people will actually consider turning themselves into corporations and enjoying this this right. <laughs> That's what I like to call it. So it's, it's a really interesting thing, you know, like they kind of help you, but then that's almost they almost kind of like, you know, indirectly hurt you too because they, they you know, they want to insure the government, but they know that at the end of the day they want to make sure that they're well off too and that that means at some point that the little people have to suffer, then that's the case. But um, we were witnessing, as we always just been witnessing, you know, 
people are these people are trying to save what little bit of the house they have left because time is steady ticking. Um, anybody seen this article or read this article that uh, Ima Yaru posted in Stop the Madness uh, regarding the um, what's going on with all of these uh, 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 Me Too people? And when I say Me Too, these people who are in the industry talking about uh, who's been uh, touched and all of this, this other, these other different things. Anybody read that article? If y'all haven't read that article, y'all really need to. It's a really interesting, uh, interesting article because what the lady was saying is that somehow, like, there's there's a connection between the movement, so to speak, and um, I guess you can say the government. Like, all of what they're doing in regards into uh, in regards to the entertainment industry is they're trying to get all of these people out of the way because they have bills to pay <laughs> and you know, um, somebody's got to take a hit in order to ensure that some money's coming in. They want some of that money, you know, to go toward the, the money that they're paying these entertainers. They want that money to go towards paying the bills, like national deficit and stuff like that. Uh, it's a real interesting article. It's pretty short, but it makes you think, so to speak. I I would, you know, urge anybody to read it. But um, I open the floor up again. If anybody has any other topics that they want to uh, discuss, the station ain't falling on the record. Shalom. This is Ima Shalom. Shalom, Ima. How are you? I'm doing good. I, I think. Did you see? I posted something in the WhatsApp as, as well as in Stop the Madness. You see that new trailer of, of Proud Mary getting come out January twelfth. You said it was in the WhatsApp group? Uh, WhatsApp group, and then also on the uh, Stop the Madness. And, and what was the trailer again? It's Proud Mary. Oh, no, I didn't see it. Uh, that'll be out January 12th, and then they also have Black Lightning that, that will be coming out as far as the industry of the movie industry. Proud Mary is uh, uh, pertaining to a Negro uh, female, black, you know, American, African-American woman. Uh, she's going to be a hit woman. And my thoughts were, is this possibly the last straw for our people? Because, you know, the, you know the men are killing, the young men and the men are killing each other up. So my question is, um, you know, it's a movie about a woman being a hit woman, a black woman being a hit woman, and it makes you wonder how many of the sisters out here will probably want to be a role model like that and be a hit or murderer. You see what I'm saying? That would be a last straw for us, I would think, because now they mm-hmm. have, you know, the women are out here. I'm not saying all of the Negro women, but Negro right. women are out here being promiscuous and uh, neglecting their homes, their children and stuff. So, in uh, a lot of them are on drugs. So, what would be the next possible ultimate ultimatum would be for the women to start killing each other or killing? You see what I'm saying? 
Yeah. I, you know, we've had murderers, you know, uh, Negro murderers in the past, women, but not on the grand scale as we see today with our young men killing each other, you know. So yes. with this movie coming out, I mean, she's, she looks like she's a Bombay woman, you know, bad-ass woman, you know. Um, she, she, a lot of her moves, from what I see on the trailer, she's going to be, you know, awesome. But how does this reflect to our sisters and women of today? You know, because we are at the end of our lives with our men, our children, jobs, bill collectors, the Caucasian man and the woman. You know, we're at our end, so would this be um, a, a subconscious you know, subliminal thing to say, hey, retaliate back and be a, a hit woman or a murderer. You know what I'm saying? Do you see where I'm going with this? I, I, I understand perfectly what you're saying. And you have to be, and you know what, to further uh, add interest, I'll just say interest to what it is that you're saying, it's, it's a subliminal, uh, it's almost kind of like, they're gassing black women up. And I'm not saying that to, like, say that you guys don't have any, you know, self-motivation, but you also have to pay attention to the times, too, because you have a lot of, you know, uh, feminists in the air. You have a whole lot of uh, feminist movements going on or feminist-like movements being perpetrated all over the country right now. And it's almost kind of like, when they're sending that type of image, that says that says something specifically to the black woman. Very like powerful. if that wasn't enough to put in uh, hip hop music that black men should, you know, call black women, you know, female dogs and whores, you know, and talk about killing this, that, and the other. Now there's this programming geared towards women. Now, we saw the Real Housewives of Atlanta and this, that, and the other. So we was able, you know, they was able to get more women to become a little bit more risque and being promiscuous or mm-hmm. being a little bit more uh, um, encouraging and being catty towards each other and things like that. And it seems more uh, those programs are uh, geared towards more towards African American, quote unquote, African American and Latino women, because mm-hmm. that's pretty much all you see mm-hmm. on those type of reality series. And they put those reality TV uh, series specifically on VH1 or uh, MTV, which is a you know used to be an all white network, but since you know they've been you know putting a lot more hip hop out there. They've been able to get, you know, grab, uh, have somewhat of a black gra- uh, gravitate a black audience towards their channel. And I know eventually it's all about the money, but it's what's the message behind it? So now it's like, oh, you also had the whole situation on BET where, you know, it, everything now like we are in the year. Uh, what's the guy? Charlemagne, he was sitting down with Joe Button, and he said that 2017 was the year of the woman. Because if everything that you've seen in uh, uh, pop culture or hip-hop and things like that have been geared towards women, which is no knock at all, but it just says something about what is going on because we know that this, you, we know that this, 
machine doesn't do anything without a purpose. And like Uma Yaruf was saying, what is, you know, what is the goal now where, you know, you have this quote-unquote uh, black woman being shown in the movies as a hit woman, <laughs> you know? And what kind of message is that going to be sending black women on top of the message that they're already sending her now? Uh, she's independent. Uh, she's, you know, uh she she's a housewife, she's promiscuous, this, that, and the other, and they're saying these things subliminally through the television programming. They're putting that out there, but because it seems like black women are very, they are very peculiar women. Like, we have the most peculiar women in the world, the most sought-after women in the world, nonetheless, but the most peculiar women in the world I I think that sometimes they can be impressionable only because we live in a society that favors other different women and it kind of put our women down at the bottom. So any kind of line like they can get is almost like the, it almost it's almost kind of like the system is telling you should be grateful that we look at you in some way or even acknowledge you at all. But when you're constantly showing these women in these types of situations where they're catty against each other, where they're whoring around or they're downgrading themselves, or even the movie that they have now or about to come out, even y'all Rufus saying what, the uh, black hit woman? Mm-hmm. You know, if it wasn't, you know, the whole, if it, if it wasn't the scandal woman, now it's the hit woman. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, and for those who don't know what I mean by the scandal woman, I'm talking about the, uh, I don't know the lady who plays, uh, I know Carrie Washington, she plays this scandal, but I felt like that was a very, I don't know, the very bed wench, you know, type mentality. I didn't like that. I didn't like that persona of how they personify a black woman in that show. I hate it. It was disgusting. Being Mary Jane, I didn't like that persona either. I hated it. I discussed it was disgusting. I realized that that's a reality for some people, but it's not a reality for all, you know, black women. And I hope like black women don't see these different shows and start thinking like that. But that's what Emma is acting. What is going to be the overall effect of this particular movie here? Anybody got need, you know? Uh, anybody Shalom. want to say anything about that? Shalom. Yes, sir. Gavin. Tribe of Benjamin. Yes, sir. Um, I, I just want to say, though, um, quiet is kept. We already had a lot of African-American women of uh, so-called color minorities in the Americas and the military and special forces you know, whether that was for uh, elite, elite forces uh, more than 20, 30 years now. So mm-hmm. this ain't nothing new uh, pretty much to the scene. It's just they're, they're, glor- they're, colorful- they're colorizing it and glorifying it to keep people marketed in that business, <laughs> you know, and that's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. It's not really something new. It's new to the public, you know, the public. 
Shalom, your sister Adiana. Yes, ma'am. I'm just going to piggyback on what we've been talking about, about the, this, uh, what we believe to be the programming um, or further programming of the minds of our women now with this movie coming out and, you know, and, you know, the stage already having been sat with all these different reality TV shows, um, uh, independent woman mindset, the, the promiscuous uh, ways and um, and just the bickering and the warring with the man and all the whole, all of that. But also, it's also setting them up to further fill up the uh, for-profit prison institutions as well and get that slave labor out of um, more of our our people because they've already been going after our men first and foremost for a very long time. And um, so they've been going after the women as well. And this is just, I guess, a further um, icing on the cake type of um, step in their efforts. And with that, I yield. Sorry about that. Um, okay. Interesting. Hello. Yes, ma'am. Uh, just listening to the sisters, you know, and uh, what was mentioned that a woman is able to get up close and personal more so than a man. And, you know, just, just that something crossed my mind. When you look at it from that aspect, you know, we as Negro women, you know, we have a lot of conflicts with our men and stuff. And maybe it's anticipated to empower the black woman to be able to turn against that man, you know what I'm saying? But on the same token, it could backfire, you know, as far as uh, that speculation. I'm thinking maybe there could be a unification. And, you know, because back in, like it was said, back in the day, the women, you know, they they got up close and personal because a lot of times when the men had to go out to fight in a war, the women had to stay back and hang back with the families and the elders to protect that, that camp or that tribe. And also mm-hmm. it was known that the women had to sometimes follow after the men after they had conquered to go in and take the spoils and maybe even finish off some of those that, you know, were still lying there dead. So it's nothing like uh, Brother Gav said, there's nothing new under the sun. Um, I, I, I see it. I see it as probably going to backfire on those who are putting this sublimely out there to us women because at the end of the day, our women are very strong, we're very maternal, and we have this love for our families as well as our men. Uh, you know, we have, we have our differences with our men and stuff, and the men are buttholes, yes, and some of them are going towards other races and stuff and this, that, and the other. But I see this as a hierocracy to move in the direction that it's supposed to go for mm-hmm. in the future, you know, when the children, the baby babies being born and those to come will have that strong uh, uh, image of the women because, you know, women are the, you know, the government of a family, you know. Yes, so I'm seeing, you know, I, I like to be positive. I'm always positive. And I'm seeing this, you know, you have to take lemonade, Lemons make lemonade and sometimes go further and make pink lemonade. So I'm seeing that this is a progression of things to come that they cannot help but have to put out there, you know, right. subliminally. They, and, and, and I used to hear when I was growing up that the most powerful people in the world, particularly here in the United States, and it's been debated, and I don't really debate about it, but they say the most powerful people in the world are the white man and the black woman. 
So if this is the case, the black woman being that image on Proud Mary, just the name of it alone, and of course Tina Turner is uh, her song is played in there, Rolling, Keep You know, so just just the idea. You need to look at the trailer. Just the idea, and the sister, she's 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 not playing. She gets her artillery. She dresses up. She do what she got to do, and she handles business. But she, it also shows her as a family mother, you know, a mother to her son and stuff. So um, I think it's going to backfire. I think consciously it might initiate some of the women, uh, particularly these rowdy, rowdy women, and some growing up, you know, under the uh, uh, the illusion of being whores, uh, according to the rap stars and prostitutes and this, that, and other promiscuous. I think that that, that might cater to those, but I also think that it's a, a more subconscious inner spiritual thing to mm-hmm. women, our black women today, because we have been put down so low with our, our demeanors, with our, you know, our, our self-awareness, our self-worth, to the point, you know, where we're, where else can we go? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think it might be a subconscious thing to us to realize that we are that strong breed. We don't take no stuff. We handle our business. But if it comes down to it, you, you want to come up close and personal, then that's fine with me. I am an avid woman in dealing with uh, weapons. I, you know, I, I have a license to, you know, basically kill. Uh, I can use dangerous weapons and carry them with me. But on the same token, I, you know, and I deal with uh, swords. You're familiar with that. I like knives and swords. And I, I look at that in a perspective. If you have those things, particularly knives and swords, you really have to get up close and personal with someone. And our courage, our black women are very courageous women. We have taken so much that this movie will intensify that to the point where we don't have to take this mess. We can be retaliatory in a in a way where it is supposed to be for the good, not necessarily go out and kill and all that. You know what I mean? Right. You know, so I, I see it as a backfire to them or either a necessity from the most high to put this out there for it to be known that, you know, it's a new day coming. And with that, I yield. Hmm, interesting. I, I want to say something on that. I'm going to uh, let Auntie Anisha speak on something she wanted to uh, speak on uh, before I say what I need to say. Auntie Anisha, are you willing to still speak on that subject, if you can remember it? Uh, shalom. Um, yeah. Okay. I was just Georgia. looking for the article because it kind of blew my mind because I did not know this history when we were just talking about the sisters and the things that they we've endured for um, for 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 generations. But I also wanted to bring up another sister that also um, basically took another head uh, another king's head off when um, Deborah and Barack went against those foreign nations that were trying to lay siege on Israel. Mm-hmm. And she said that, you know, the the king ran, and he ran to the tent of some woman that was, like, living on the outskirts of Israel. Um, but I think her husband might have been an Israelite, and he ran into her tent and begged her to... Mm-hmm. Um, hide him, but she knew exactly who he was. And when he was resting easy, though he thought, she took his head off. Mm. So there's a lot of um, 
stories about your sisters being assassins, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> I think that there's also a lot of stories about, you know, uh, sisters losing it, too. I know that there, there was this one sister that just got sentenced to prison, and I forgot what state she was in. Her ex-husband was a ball player, and she had him killed. And then I was watching um, another documentary where this um, this Jamaican girl had had her husband killed for an insurance claim. And, and um, yeah, man, and I was like, wow, and wow, like, how do you, and they had just had a baby, and, you know, that it's just wicked, it's wicked. Um, and then there was um, another story about a Latina sister that also killed her husband, but then I I see a lot of stories that where they have like the guy from High Five, um, one of the singers from High Five. Remember High Five? Yeah, I didn't know he was awaiting trial for killing his um fiance. Oh, for like fifty something times in front of his children, and sat there for a day to make sure she was dead hmm. and then walked into the police station and tried to plead insanity. And they actually are holding him and, and you know, under the insanity plea. And they were saying that, you know, the insanity plea would actually be substantiated if there wasn't a history of this in his family because his brother is currently serving prison time in a, in, a, in a state correctional facility for killing his wife. And he tried to plead insanity. And he, she, or she was just trying to divorce him. It's not like either of these women were accused of cheating. Um, neither of these women were dumb females. They held a job. They took care of their children. They took care of them and held down the majority of the household bills and both him and his brother from what the two families were saying came from a family situation where their parents would pay all their bills and they were habitual um, adulterers, cheaters, whoremongers. So Mm -hmm. one of the women which was stabbed to death by the high five member she was in the entertainment industry. I think she was a singer or something, a Spanish girl. And she had two sons. And then the older brother killed his wife. She had, I think she had three little kids. And she filed for for divorce. And, you know, the guy was like, you know, called her brother and was like, this divorce is not going to go over easy. You know what I mean? And he was like, what are you talking about? And then her sister got a call, and he was like, get your dress ready because I'm going to kill her today. And, like, shortly after he made that call, her son called 911, and they had the recording, and he had broken into the house and drug her into the bathroom, shot her five times, and watched her bleed out on the floor, wouldn't let them come in because the cops came. 
and he was threatening to shoot the cops um, and wouldn't let them come in the house. And the kids were in the house, too. And finally, the cops just bum-rushed, and he tried to shoot at the cops, and they dragged him out of the house, but they got to her too late because he was trying to keep them off to make sure that she died, you know. And he tried to plead insanity, too. So there's a lot going on, and I understand the pressures that we're under as a community, but we can't use that as an excuse to lose your total common sense. But the the article that I was talking about that, like, totally, totally blew my mind because I was not privy to it. On the theroot.com, um, a journalist by the name of Kirsten West Favalli came up with an article about Kwanzaa. She said, Kwanzaa revisiting Mulani Karenge's legacy. And she she asked some questions. She said, in regards to Kwanzaa and its founder, Mulani Karenga, she asked, how do we grapple with the reality that freedom dreams of some black men do not include free black women? And then how do we grapple with the terms that although Kwanzaa was a legacy that established a sense of identity within the black community, that its founder was actually convicted and served time for abuse and rape against two black females. I heard about that. Man. He spent five years in state prison for torturing he burnt one with an iron on her face, another one with an iron on her body. He had water hoses pouring into their mouths, hit them over the head with posters. And then other people in the Black Panther Party came forward uh, uh, accusing him of rape. I'm like, holy crap, I never knew this. So she's, like, interviewing different people, and they're like, oh, yeah, she did that, but, um, you know, I still celebrate it. I don't even think about that because it's more about black unity and the sense of identity. I mean, they kind of sweep what he actually did to the women under the rug, and it's really interesting because even, even myself, I had to grapple with it, like, you know, I don't celebrate Kwanzaa, but I I can't deny the fact that it was a good um, bonding technique for a lot of people within the community and a good uh, teaching technique as far as the Seven principles, you know, Ujama, Ujima, Umoja, Pujijakalia, you know, self-determination and unity, uh, all these different principles that our people definitely, definitely need to focus on. But then when you think about the founder and it's supposed to be bringing that community together, but you're abusing the women, it's like, holy crap, like, you're really making this really confusing. So that right. question that she was asking, like, how do you grapple with the reality that 
the freedom dreams of some black men do not really include free black women. And I don't think it's something that we should have to grapple with. I don't think we should have to even question our safety with the men that were designated by nature to be our providers and protectors. We should not have to question that. You know, but unfortunately, we can even go back in biblical times where um, Absalom's uh, brother raped his own sister, and Absalom ended up taking his head off for doing it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, so uh, I wanted to bring that up, and I uh, yield. I wanted to say this because um, I remember. Uh, Milani came to do, he actually, I didn't go to it though, but he actually came to do a lecture at our university when I was in my Pan-African class. And I remember just sitting there when the teacher was talking about it, it was kind of like a really bittersweet moment in that the teacher, well, because we were talking about the, um, we were talking about the, uh, the African, uh, the Pan-African conferences and how, you know, the relationship between the American, quote-unquote, American revolutionaries and their plight for black Africa and the unity between the two. And I remember Kalani name coming up, you know, Milani name coming up. I hope I say his name right because I, I really could never really get it right. But nonetheless, I remember his name coming up, and I remember, you know, the whole talk about how he, quote-unquote, invented Kwanzaa, um, and never really, I never really knowing why he invented Kwanzaa, but when I looked at Kwanzaa and some of the uh, the elements of it, it's almost kind of like, well, definitely, it, it, obviously, it's a bastard uh, religion, something to speak. I'm not saying that, you know, to be you know, for in it, for there to be in a, a pun, when I look at, you know, what it, it's a compository religion, so to speak. I shouldn't say bastard religion, but nonetheless, yeah. it's, a pos, it's a compository religion. Let me say why I say that. I mean, I'm looking at it, and I, I'm looking at some of the elements, and it's like, okay, you have the menorah. Yes, you know, you have the menorah and you have the principles of awareness and things like that. And he gave them to us, specifically the quote-unquote African-Americans. And I'm like, what is he trying to tell us, especially with the menorah? We know the menorah is one of those things that, you know, Christianity applies here and there during Christmas time, but that's not ne- that's never really the focus when you're looking at some of the elements of seven, some of the major elements of Christmas. One of the major elements of Christmas is obviously Santa Claus and Jesus Christ and elves and reindeers and things of that nature. But when you talk about Kwanzaa, you're looking at the menorah and the seven principles of awareness and the unity and this, that, and the other. And when I saw it, I was just like, well, what is it that he's trying to tell us? Does he know something that we don't know? Because when I saw it and I was able to recognize it for what it was, I was just like, I wonder if those people actually know that we are Israelites and then I didn't realize at the time that they had the Biafra movement, uh, which are these people who, who are in Nigeria 
or saying that they are of the uh, children of Israel, which I believe, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't discredit that at all because we've been scattered all over the world. You understand what I'm saying? And these people, these people know who they are, and they, you know, been fighting with the Nigerian uh, uh, government for quite some time, you know. But nonetheless, um, I, I was um, just sitting here thinking, thinking about it at that time, and when you brought it up tonight, it was just something that came to mind, and I was like. Uh, in regards to the guy uh, Mulani, I I never knew those things about him. You know, I never knew that he had a really shady past. You know, however, I can't control his past. I don't, you know, I don't know what to say about him as a person. I, however, don't see how that would necessarily take away from the. Uh, from the holiday that he aspired to make, well, I don't celebrate it nonetheless. I know people who do celebrate it. I don't see how that would necessarily take take away from it, but it just goes to show that you don't know people. We don't know people. We don't, you know, know each other, you know, the way that we used to know each other. Because in biblical times, everybody knew each other because we had the orators. We had the uh, griots. We used to do the family history. So everybody was aware of everybody's family history. And and that was for the purpose of uh, distinguishing families and tribes and things of that nature. But now we just were walking around, and we don't necessarily know anything about each other. We are complete strangers that look exactly like each other. And we were all, to some degree, brought here, uh, you know, same voyage. When I say the same voyage, they're not necessarily saying the same ships, but nonetheless the same voyage. And we were, for the most part, brought here for the same reason. And I say for the most part because some of us didn't come over here as slaves, and some of us didn't come over here as prisoners. And some of us did not come over here as free persons. But, again, we all had the same voyage. And, you know, somehow it destined for us to all be on this landmass together and we're still strangers. Um, but, man, another fun fact I didn't know about, I saw it on Facebook not too long ago, and I definitely need to check this out. And I don't know why I never heard of this, but I did not know uh that Martin Luther King didn't die on at the hotel that he was actually assassinated in his uh hospital bed I did not know that did Gregory supposedly put it in his book he wrote I was like wait a minute that that can't be true but I was like I need to confirm does anybody else hear about this my dad told me that a long time ago. Maybe my dad I heard it recently. Yeah, I heard it recently also. That I got, I was listening to a YouTube video and somebody was saying it. I can't remember what the video was. And oh. also they said that, uh, uh, what was his name, Jesse Jackson had something to do with it. Yeah, yeah. but, well, yeah, I, uh, what I remember, um, Minister Priest actually, uh, 
having a film about it called Steve uh, um, uh, Jesse Jackson killed Martin Luther King, and most of it was, uh, uh, I guess you can say, uh, Steve Coakley. I think that's his name. Mm. Or uh, I, I, I hope I said his name right. Uh, the brother had some very, very convincing evidence, uh, which pretty much was like kind of like uh, one of the elements of the film. Of course, you had like commentary from the people who knew MLK that was in the video, but I didn't, I didn't know. <laughs> I was sitting here like, my eyes are like bigger than my nose. I was like, holy crap. I never knew about it. And I knew when they were, you know, discussing the whole situation with him dying, uh, they made it seem like he died on the balcony. Mm-hmm. But the it, it was being stated that the brother was assassinated in his hospital bed. I was like, wait a minute, you know, oh, like Minister Cedric. I know who it was. It was Dick Gregory. That's yeah, Dick I Gregory. Heard. I was just saying that he wrote a book yeah. about it. Right. I, I I I never knew that, and it kind of just shocked me the other day. I was just like, I I, I just happened to be scrolling down my timeline. As a matter of fact, before I actually saw the 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 uh, article, I just got through coming from the Stop the Madness group where I was reading an article that even, because even put two articles in there. And I was reading those articles, and then I just happened to scroll outside of my, uh, on my news feed, and I scroll up, and I'm like, did I just read that? Like, I, I never knew that. So I just wanted to, you know, I wanted to understand if anybody else had heard that because I I know the whole thing about Jesse Jackson, but I didn't know that he was assassinated in his hospital bed. (laughs) It's crazy. Yes, ma'am. Ma'am? I I think it was Anisha or somebody might have said. Yeah, I thought someone was gonna say something. I didn't. That was that was Sister Ariana. I was on mute, but yeah, man, I heard. My dad has said that. A long, long time ago. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff my dad said a long, long time ago, and I was like crazy. Mm. And <laughs> now that I'm old, yeah. I'm like, holy crap! It, it's but, possible. Yeah. And, it is possible. And then Dick Gregory was also talking about because I also saw that documentary too, which made me be like, holy crap! Um, and even when my dad was talking about you know emptying the jails of Europe and sending everybody over here. And then Priest was talking about how we did do that, and he said there was a lot of Benjamites that were sent to the Caribbean islands, et cetera, et cetera. And I was just like, holy freaking crap, like you got to be kidding me. And, and well, another thing that he had said in there um, was even about Malcolm, that when Malcolm was shot, he didn't die right away either. He said the guy bent down to give him mouth-to-mouth resuscitation actually smothered him to death because he had a, 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 a shot to his lung. And you're not supposed to do mouth-to-mouth on somebody that has a, a pulmonary, um, you know, a, 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 basically a hole in their, their, their lungs because it smothers them. You're talking about a pulmonary embolism? Not a pulmonary embolism. He got shot oh. in the chest. Remember Malcolm? Oh, okay. And the guy that they had in the pictures that bent over to give him mouth-to-mouth resuscitation, he was supposed to be, you know, trained in in first aid response 
and, and Dick Gregory was saying in another special that he should have known better than to give him mouth-to-mouth resuscitation because he had been shot in the chest and bullets had had pierced his lungs. And anyone who has a damaged lung, you don't give them mouth-to-mouth because they you'll smother them. Hmm. So they, they did it to Malcolm, too. And what's crazy is that Misa was born at Columbia Presbyterian Hospital, which is directly across the street from the Autobahn, where Malcolm was assassinated. Wow. And I'm thinking to myself, I had to look at documentary and see if Columbia Presbyterian was around then. And lo and behold, yes, they were. So all they had to literally do was take them across the street. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like, so we lost some good people. Yeah. And even with Khalid Muhammad. They knew he had high blood pressure. Who in the heck would get some cold medicine knowing that he had high blood pressure? He was very well outspoken. <laughs> he didn't play. That's true. So to show you, you know, when these people um, set their minds on doing something, they they do it and they study how to do it. You know. Um, just is just to make sure that you know. Uh, I guess maybe the tracks aren't covered, so to speak. Um, but then what's so interesting is that somebody writes these files about these things, and then then they just get released to the general public like years and years later, and we just kind of just like, oh, okay. I didn't know that happened, like me. Like, I'm I'm saying that now, and I'm just kind of like, darn, you know. Well, I'm pretty sure someone else knew before our time, you know, how come no one made, like, a big deal? But then it's almost kind of like, what exactly could they do during that time anyway? You know, but, um, man, it's just, um, that was, that's a very interesting, uh, that's a very interesting moment, though. You have these brothers who were, you know, engaging uh, this government for civil rights and all of the things that they had to go through in order to achieve to achieve those civil rights. And it kind of makes me think of Paul because Paul, uh, uh, Paul, if you were reading the New Testament, you kind of see almost kind of like the same things happening with Paul. And it's, um, I just remember when Paul was, I think this was before he went to the Supreme I think he was going, to, he was either going, getting ready to go to the Supreme Court, or he was all, uh, or at the Supreme Court. When I say the Supreme Court, he was uh, talking to uh, uh Meet uh, Nero. Nero, I think, at the time he was the Caesar, and he he was the you know head of the Supreme Court at that time. But I think before then he was dealing with Festus or Felix, Governor Festus or Governor Felix. I can't remember. 
uh, which one of the two, but either one of them were having the conversation and they were talking about all of the different people who tried to create insurrections and they failed. And when you think about what uh, Martin Luther King and uh, Messiah Marcus Gar- uh, Marcus Messiah Garvey, as well as um, uh, Malcolm X, what these brothers were doing was almost well. Nonetheless, it was a form of insurrection. It was a form of insurrection in that these people were rising above or I guess you was about to say challenging the status quo because these people were the order of the day and you have some people who are talking about they want to be free and the, these cockroaches are kind of like free from what? Even though they know what they want to be free from, but nonetheless, they want to try to, you know, uh, supplant that. And how do you supplant that? You knock off the head of the of the movement at that particular time, but you know these movements sprang up over and over and over again, only because that's just how that's how revolutions happen. So eventually, they're not going to be able to knock one head. They're not going to be able to knock specifically one head off after a while, because they're going to get so bad to where they they won't be able to. Uh, uh, control these movements. I think they control the movements that they want to control, but I think there's going to be a time where they're not going to be able to control that, you know, that there's going to be that one time where they're not going to be able to control uh, an insurrection and it's going to be total anarchy and eventually the revolution eventually starts. I don't know who that'll be, and I don't know when it's going to be. Is it be in my lifetime or the next? Nonetheless, it's going to happen, and it's going to happen because it's got to happen. You know, but interesting. I just never knew the whole situation about MLK. Um, technically, you know, according to Dick Gregory, who seems to know a lot, you know, very interesting that he knows that. Um, uh, who says that the brother was assassinated in his hospital bed. I just thought that. It just shot me. But nonetheless, I'll open up the floor again uh, for any more topics. If it, it's, not, it's not Dick Gregory dead? Didn't he die? Yeah, he he's dead. Oh, okay, you, yeah, I thought you was talking in the present tense. <laughs> no, no. Um, I know he's dead. I, I just was thinking during the time that he was alive and, uh-huh. was, you know, he... He knew, he knew he was he knew lots of things. Yeah. That a, that the average quote unquote average black man didn't know, you know. And a lot of this stuff was about uh commercial activity, uh backdoor, you know, transactions between, you know, private parties and things like that and you'd be kinda of like know about that dick greg i don't know you know like who you would be talking to you know yeah <laughs> you, you know you speak a lot of different things and you'd have to ask like how do you how are you even privy to this type of information 
You know what I'm saying? Because it's not like you were just you you just were born with clair, with with clairvoyance. You know, or you know pre uh, uh, the ability of pre um, premonition, and maybe he was. But then I always used to ask, you know, kind of like, well, how do you know this stuff, you know? Do you hang in the same circle as these people and things like that? But it's just something to kind of think about. Because I, when I read it, I was just thinking to myself, well, how do you know that? You know, you wrote it in a book, you know. How did you know it to write it in a book? But nonetheless, again, I'll uh, yield the floor if anybody has any other topics that they want to share. Just to add on to what you were saying about Dick Gregory and how he knew certain information. Yes, um, What I understood about um, Dick Gregory is that he was an avid reader. Mm-hmm. They mentioned that a lot about him. Like he would go every day down to the newsstand and get like, a hundred different periodicals and he would just read and he would save the newspaper articles. Like if you come across any interviews that they, um, this, this particular YouTube channel called Real, Real Black TV, if you mm-hmm. come across interview, I mean, he was snapping on the guy so much, the young guy, because he kept asking him silly questions, and Dick Gregory would go off on him. But um, when he sat down with Dick Gregory, he actually brought the news articles from whatever time period they were printed, because I wonder what his house looked like. Um, and he had the information at his fingertips, because he reads like a 100 periodicals, newspapers, magazines, you know, daily. But also in one of those um, blog interviews, did Gregory mention that because he had the resources from his extensive entertainment career, he was able to pay for a lot of research okay. that the average, the average person is unable to get access to. So, you know, any subject that he would want data on, he had a team of people that he can go to and get data on. I didn't even know that Dick Gregory ran for presidency either. Oh, now that's news for me. I, yeah, I he did. Like... He really did. Yes, he did. He talks about that. He had talked about that sometimes. <laughs> said he said that... people were favored, favored him. Yeah, they said he actually won, but then they yeah, exactly said they had to recount. Uh-huh. Because they, he said he said that he believed they tried to rig the machine, mm-hmm. and the right. God of the universe basically mm-hmm. stepped in, mm-hmm. and yeah, they were like, "Holy crap!" Because it's showing that this Negro won. <laughs> Who was he running against? Emma Nixon or somebody? It was. I think it was Nixon. Yeah, and he actually won in that. Uh, you know, in the that popular uh, vote. Yeah, yeah. He talks so about that stuff. Yeah, you go back and look at it. So yeah. he won the proper. I, I really need to start looking up Dick Gregory because yeah. these are the things I did not know about he Dick talk, Gregory. He's a very profound man. He even went, you know, like Anisha was saying, he talked about a lot of things, but he also went out beyond 
the norm, too. He talked about a lot of esoterical things also. Yeah. And who was that sister that ran for president, too? It wasn't Susan B. Anthony. No. It wasn't Bethune. What, oh, I can't think of Shirley Chisholm. There you go. Yeah, yeah, Shirley. I didn't know she ran for president for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was a powerful woman back in my day. Oh, yeah. You, I can still vividly see her face. She's, she's a too. powerful woman. She she didn't play. Man, who knew? I mean, well, I'll definitely need to look into Dick Gregor because he's, I, like I said, I was always like, honey. How you know all this different stuff? Just like, you know, he had all this information about the Trayvon Martin situation, how the city of Florida paid paid out his parents, uh, uh, for the yeah. uh, the the some type of death insurance or something uh-huh. like that. Plus his father was Mason. Well, you remember, remember Dick Gregory was the actor at one time. Don't you remember that? Yeah, I do remember that. Yes, and ma'am. so, you know, he was subjected to all of the uh, things that a lot of them, when they go up there, are subjected to. He 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 was a part of a, you know, he was subjected to a lot of things and learned a lot. And he didn't like, you know, the uh, system, so he completely just left it, you know. I think he got a lot of his knowledge and uh, expertise and all that up there when he was in that sector. I really do. Mm. And then as he got out, he started, like uh, Nisha said, he reads a lot. He read a lot. You know, right? You know, and, and and to talk about our people, you know, as you you said earlier that a lot of us didn't come over under the same conditions. I, I want to also remind people that back in the, you know, my favorite era is like the twenties and the thirties. In in a lot of times, it's because of their not only their character, uh, their demeanor, but also their style. They had a style about them that's just unsurpassable to today. Most right. people wouldn't even begin to comprehend the way they dressed and the way they conduct the business and most of them people back then were very well educated you know very well. a lot yes. of them went to colleges um i have this book here it's full of uh people the, you know negroids they call them negroids that were uh very talented and very educated and very well known and a lot of them believe it or not were millionaires were very rich mm. you know Mm-hmm. And so it reflects back to what Brother Priest was saying. I, you know, it rings through my head sometimes that, you know, he's saying that uh, we weren't all abused and all that good stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, we got some very, uh, let me tell you, and a lot of them didn't have what you say, quote, unquote, education. You know, most of them went as far as maybe sixth grade, but they were able to move on to, uh, you know, acquire wealth through surrounding themselves with the knowledge of others and, 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 and just act, actually getting together, unifying and doing it, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. It's just awesome how you go back and read history and see our people, uh, how intelligent were. There were some mulattoes back then that did what they did, you know, and went out and branched out to the world and, and, and hid up under the assumption of being white, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, yes, no. Uh-huh. But our, our history is rich with uh, a lot of entrepreneurs back then. And see, they're getting a lot of that from our children today. They don't teach these things. So Dick Gregory, I, I would suggest to anybody to read up on him or to read about, uh, like Sister Anisha said, he, he he was a very avid man in reading. I, and, and as far as his house, I bet you his house was full of papers and books and stuff. I can I I, I can see that for some reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can see. This Mine man is like that. I got crap it, everywhere. 
is there has probably like been not one time where Dick Gregory didn't have a uh, a piece of evidence mm-hmm. in his head. <laughs> That's like almost every video. Yeah. Every video, every seminar, every lecture this man has ever did, this man has had a piece of evidence or article or a newspaper or something in his hand mm-hmm. uh, to back up what it is he's saying. And then, like I said earlier, I'm sitting there like, how did he know this? Or like, yeah. how did he get access to this stuff? Because, like like I said, the, the average African-American don't have – access to, well, they do, but like Octanisha stated, he he put most of his money behind research, mm-hmm. which is very, very good considering, you know. Um, but, um, you know, it's, it's just amazing. I, I didn't know that that brother, you know, I didn't know he ran for president, number one, and I think that's really He actually won, too. like she said. He really did. He and, yeah. and he had the uh, Nisha did he he had the proof he he showed the proof he actually showed the proof that's yes, interesting he did but he most people <laughs> most people would not believe they wouldn't even know it they don't have a clue they do not have a clue you so know? in actuality we actually had a black president before Barack Obama well we had one Obama. before that Hanson you know he yeah, was, uh, under the under under the uh, Confederate not the Constitution. But you see what I'm saying? Okay, so we mm-hmm. actually had a black and quite president. A couple more. Mm-hmm. Right, see, under the under the Constitution. Right. And I'm thinking yeah. to myself, mm-hmm. well, they don't even teach that. They didn't even teach that in um in my little uh, political classes that I took, which is really interesting when you want to talk about uh, politics, right. local politics, or uh, uh, federal politics and things like that. I'm thinking to myself, but you, Dick Gregory, they never came up. Uh-huh. Not even at a HBCU, his name never came up, which is like well, now. Well, you can understand. You can understand why, though. Well, true. You know, because now the people. It says in the scriptures, people. Uh, uh, what is it? Uh, lack uh, knowledge. Or what is that? The people lack. What is it? Uh, a vision. You know, yeah. The people perish for the lack of a vision. Like a something knowledge. of that. Yeah. Yeah, so if you keep and you suppress that information, because what are we? What are what are the African Americans uh, needing right now? We're needing a leader. You know what I'm saying? Yes, ma'am. And the inspiration of a leader. Now, going back to that movie with the sister being in that movie, they also have a movie coming out called Black Lightning, and it's a black guy and he puts on a mask and a uniform and he goes and saves things. You know what I'm saying? So, they have Black Panther coming out next year. Uh, uh, well, not next Well, next year, I'll say. Uh, next year, I think, in January, called Black Panther. Well, see, this one's called Black Lightning. It got a lot of... So what is this going to be like, the year of the, of the black? You hear this year, the well, year... Have you noticed? Have y'all noticed, though? I, just been noticed, I don't hardly ever look at television, but, you know, here lately I've been kind of glancing at it. Have you noticed a lot of different... Uh, uh, black programs are coming on. A lot of different yeah. black things are coming out. Yeah. 
<clears throat> me, me personally, I, I believe the report. When I say I believe the report, I believe the scriptures. And, you know, as it was promised unto our forefathers, you know, Abraham and all of them, I do believe that the Most High does not lie. I do believe that he said that he would bring his enemies to the feet of the, of the black man or the, the chosen. I do believe that things take a, a progression. They are a progression of time. That's what he gave us time because time does not really exist. If we didn't have a clock, we wouldn't know what time it was. So he right. put time, time dwells within eternity. He is eternal. So he put time in there, and he has a specific, um, you know, structure to time, and everything has an, an interval of when it will be. So I believe, according to his will, at a certain particular time, like us, us Hebrews, we woke up. You know, we're waking up, Israelites. We're waking up. Uh, it's that uh, internal clock that makes us uh, come to that fruitation. But I also believe that this is the time now, right now, because you, you figure i got great-grandchildren, and they're, the, the youngest is like uh, seven months. So you figure 40 years from now, a whole lot will transpire between now and 40 years. You know what I'm saying? And these young ones coming up today, the babies coming up, they're very um, self-sufficient in their thinking. You would think that they don't have um, a clue, but they do. They're very observant, and they're very strong-willed. So if you take that and mix it with a little time, what do you think the end results will be in the future uh, uh, toppled in with a mother or mothers becoming stronger and more vigilant with uh, the way that they warn their children, correct their children, and direct their children, and also uh, uh, edify their children. And the fathers, hopefully, if they come along and, and be the fathers that they're supposed to be within that time span of 40 years, don't you think that there's a probability, possibility, that we could be back on top within that time? I don't see why not. The, yeah, especially with what's going on. Uh, okay, you know, you were talking about that article earlier. Uh, you know, and there's a lot of um, this one CEO, he was a Canadian CEO of the pharmaceutical company, um, you know, found dead him and his wife. I also saw, saw somewhere else uh, just recently the other day where a couple more high profile people are being found dead in their families, their whole families and stuff. And that that's that that's it's it's it was you know, it's been reported, but starting around two thousand thirteen was a high content area of uh bankers getting killed and uh things like that. So I think it's a progression of all these things coming to fruition with what we are headed towards. You know what I'm saying? Yes, I don't ma'am. know if that makes I don't know if that makes sense or not. <laughs> no, it makes sense. I think um I think it has to really be believed cuz I think a lot of people aren't paying attention to the times like a lot of people are caught up in, you know, like again, we're caught up in so many different uh other elements and not seeing the forest from the trees like we don't see our we don't see our own salvation at the mm-hmm. door, you know, because mm-hmm. we've become so self-reliant upon this government that it, if it did fall, we feel like we fall along with it, and mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. in us all. And I'm thinking to myself, well, it's not. But you have to fight for your you have to fight for your right to live too. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. my whole thing is when you see the the different maneuvers that this government has taken to, you know, say the little bit that they have, but then recognize that at the same time that they're falling and then 
at the same time that they're, you know, taking us out, but then they glorify us now more than ever, it's kind of like there's something there. And if you don't see it, then, you know, you're, you miss the boat pretty much. But it's a whole, it's there. And it's very encouraging. Because I'm saying to myself, you know, next year, you, you know, Black Lightning, Black Panther, mm-hmm. you got Proud Mary. Proud Mary, um, uh-huh. And you just had the Roman uh, Roman J. Israel movie mm-hmm. that just came out. I didn't watch it. I need to watch it because I really want to see, you know, what it is actually about. But, I mean, you have all these different power movies. I'm sorry, go ahead. I'm just realizing I did see that that's the the Proud Mary trail is the one with Taraji yeah. E. Henson. Yeah, yeah, Henson. Uh-huh. I did oh. see that. They, what yeah. they didn't, they hired her to protect this little black boy. Okay, that wasn't her son? No, I don't think that was her son. Okay, I, think that was somebody I, I was that assuming it was. Her. Okay, okay. I think yeah. they hired her to protect it. And she but that first they tell you, though. Just, yeah, she was blacking yeah. out to protect yeah, that little boy. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. So, um, so, what, so in 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 um, what do you say? It's uh, what do you call that? Uh, it's like a I can't remember the word right now. You guys get old, but anyway, it's it's a, a type of a shadow. Okay, it's a subliminal thing to me, a subconscious thing to me, rising to my consciousness that we need to really start getting, picking it back up to protect our children, our young, our loved ones. You we know? better than trying uh-huh. to drug them and, uh-huh. and kill them. And yeah. We better. Yeah, we I, better I come to, together. I want to say, say something, because uh, Brother Priest, he had said this one time, was talking about uh, God or Yah bless the child that has his own. You know, mm-hmm. and going back to what Sister Anisha said earlier <laughs> about the tax cut and what all, you know, the different programs that they're cutting are going to take out or, you know, whatever to put here, put there. Of course, we already know the structure was always, always has been, you know, they robbed from Peter to pay Paul, and they're mm-hmm. saying they're anticipating uh, with the Social Security uh, you know, once you retire, whatever, at the age of 65, they're trying to raise it up to 67. I've been an ongoing observer of this because, I, you know, I will be turning 65. And, uh, of course, you know. You look uh, good for 65, Mom. <laughs> I thank you. Thank you. And I feel good. You know, I feel good. Uh, I wanted to say I had a successful time at the uh, Hebrew-Israelite uh, uh, fellowship. I sung, and I had a good time. They had to kind of calm me down because I got kind of like, I kind of got kind of wound up there, you know what I'm saying? But, um, you know, but what I'm saying is, okay, with the tax cut and all these things going on with Section 8, food stamps and all that, just reflecting on what we're talking about as far as the uh, the um, uh, the endeavors of our people for the future. I mean, and like you said, uh, both of you, everyone on here says we have to be self-sufficient. And if so, if Yah said, bless the child that has his own, if it means we have to start picking up books or uh, researching more or doing what we need to do, because this stuff is, you know, it, it's not going to be given to us, you know. We can get it from the most high if we're in tune and unified, you know what I'm saying, Man. spiritually as well as uh, 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 in the uh, natural world 
of commerce, law, and government. We have to get in tune. And, and that's where we come in and others like us, not even in this nation that are supposed to be awoke, uh, you know, we have to start teaching our children. Now, whether they heed, you know, I, I would say like if, some have to, if something has to die for something to live. Unfortunately, when we were talking about Martin Luther King and Malcolm X and Cully and all those, someone, something has to die for something to live to sustain us, right? Yes, ma'am. So, so going back to the tax cut and everything, that, okay, I'm going to say it real quick like this. Now, when if we was to be foreclosed on, and everybody know what foreclosure is, if we was to be foreclosed on by any other country, those who would be in debt the most would be those who have the most now, right? Yes. Yeah. So if that's the case, then I would say praise be to the most high for putting us in a state condition and situation where we were not allowed to become over overly zealous and being a debtor. You know what I'm saying? In other words, they didn't give us those 10, 12 credit cards, or we don't have two or three houses or a multitude of clothes and cars and money for us to be, you know, come to for the debt that is going to be required, right? Yes, So with this happening, praise be the most high, if, if if it's enacted like this, have you noticed something about our people? We are survivors. We yes, are smart. We're like roaches. You know, we will survive. You know what I'm right. saying? So yes, if they ma'am. take from us, we and I look at I, I look at our Mexican brothers and sisters. Boy, they are some survivors. You hear me? Yes, ma'am. Our only problem is we don't want to see Jane get to the. Uh, uh, I'm gonna take that back. Not Jane. We don't want to see Shamika or Kadika or or, or or Shamu or whoever to get to the top. We always pull them back. Now, right. once our mindset changed, it's going to cause a change because Shamika or Dorica or whoever, we got to go out here and self-sufficiently survive. We can't get that extra rent or that extra help here and there and so forth. We're going to have to depend on each other. The unification is on its way. It's not obvious right now, but it is on its way, and that's what I do believe. Uh, and I yell. And I want to know, is uh, uh, Gavin on the phone? He was I on here. Brother Gavin, are you there? I know he was, he was on earlier. He had posted something on. I'm sorry. Yeah, I wanted to uh, ask you a question if it's okay with the rest of everybody. Uh, Gavin, I've seen where you had posted on WhatsApp. Uh, 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 you had put in a voice recording of a woman that was talking about the con- controversy, you know, the uh, conspiracy theory about a uh, man going to the moon and she played all that stuff. What, what was your what was your thought on that? Oh yeah, I uh, I, was, I seen that a while ago. I just said, let me post it, but but uh, yeah, it was uh, you know um, uh, like we always probably heard growing up that you know that you know we never went to the moon. People, you know, like my father, he never really believed it either. So my my <laughs> parents didn't either. Yeah, so it was a question in my head. So. And then, um, you know, more and more as you, it's not just that. What she said, the, 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 the she, she played an actual recording yeah. of, a, of a guy speaking on this. Yeah, yeah. I've seen that years ago. Yeah, he said right. that. Right. Right. The Van Allen belt that we can't, right. if we pass it, that we're going to basically, they, 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 they haven't even, he said basically, you know, it's so, um, What's the word? It's uh, full of so much uh, radiation mm-hmm. that we we haven't 
we have to build technology. Uh, we have to have we have to make sure the technology that we have on our rockets can shield mm. and protect you know the astronauts and the plane itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was and that was like later that was more current that he said that. Yeah. So it goes to show you that um, if he's saying that more currently, mm. that means we never. How could we have done it? 30 years, 40, 50 years ago. We haven't. We haven't. Have you, has it ever occurred to anyone why we haven't went back to the moon? I mean, if they had the technology back then, surely they would go down with the much greater technology that we have. It's because of that Van Allen belt. They can't right. penetrate it. They cannot get through it. My, you know. my, whole, my argument was never that we never went to the moon or not. When You know, when we were talking back in, you know, a couple of months ago. Yeah. My argument is that we did orbit, and we put, you know, we put certain objects that orbit the Earth, mm-hmm. which that doesn't mean that we didn't, you know, that uh, I disagree with, you know, uh, you're saying that we have not gone to the moon, because I never, it was always yeah. still a question. About oh, I didn't, I didn't take it that you did. Right, right. Right. So, I mean, uh, in general, like, any time I have that discussion with people, I say, well, whether the Earth is flat or not, you know, I believe we, you know, I know that we put satellites in the sky that orbit the Earth, but there's, you know, stratosphere, lithosphere, ionosphere, the troposphere, you know, how far is all of those spheres right, the right. out? And do they really exist? Because <laughs> right. none of us yeah. have been through any of them up there that high. Well, the ionosphere is where the, 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 the lightning and all of that takes place, where the friction between the ions, right. yeah. you know, we get our lightning and our rain and our, and, our, and our thunderstorms and all of that stuff. But we've gone beyond that. Of course, even the plane goes beyond certain clouds when you fly up a certain altitude. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but I'm just saying in general, uh, you know, that is questionable, of course, of going all the way to the moon and coming back. But, he said the studio props, and you know, and it looks like it, you know, and no, I'm not. They have been fooling us for so long. I tell you, what did you believe? Yeah. Oh no, I wanted. I'm gonna let uh, brother Gavin finish what he's gonna say because I'm gonna add on to that something I'd said years ago. Go ahead, <laughs> brother Gavin. Bro- brother, you could go ahead because I'm just drying off my son. I-, I was I was giving him a shower. He- Piggyback off of what the brother was saying, because I remember I said this years ago, and I I really need to find this video. I need to if if, if I don't find it tonight, because I'm going to be looking for it. Where during the Carter, I think it was the Carter administration or the Nixon administration, I think it was the Carter. Uh, several several people on uh, who was part of the administration. Like, they were in the documentary, and they were talking about how they used Stanley Kubrick's uh, studio mm-hmm. to falsify the first couple of minutes of what they call the moon landing. Mm-hmm. And they did it 
to stir up, uh, to show up the Russians who at the time was talking about going to the moon, to building, yeah. you know, uh, building, uh, inf- uh, building some type of device to go to the moon. Mm-hmm. And they didn't want the, they didn't want the Russians to have that kind of influence, right. uh, especially, uh, you know, post-Cold War. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So with, you know, the Russians, now adding going to the moon to the resume, it would have, you know, made the United States look like, you know, like they weren't, you know, they weren't progressing in the eyes of the world, who at right. this particular point in time, the United States was supposed to be, you know, we we suffered greatly from isolationism because we didn't, we we weren't into foreign trade, so to speak. I mean, we did it with different, you know, nations, but it wasn't like the whole world. Like we at this particular point in time, we weren't dealing with the Arab nations. We didn't go over there and build up the Middle East at this particular point in time. But later on down the line, we did. But when you're talking about the Russians who had that kind of influence because they were dealing with China and they were dealing with uh, Iran and or whoever else, Syria, whoever else they were dealing with over there in the Middle East, where you know the United States eventually tried to go. You're talking about them going to the moon. The United States is like, no, you can't be the first to do it because we're going to be the first to do it, even if we have to fake it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that is like when you're talking. That's like that when we became superpower, almost in a sense. That's when we became super powerful. Mm-hmm. But you said something years ago, and you kept saying it over and over and over again. And, like, now I'm like, you said, if NASA, if they was to find out that the Earth was flat, mm-hmm. that would definitely, that would uh, create a blow. It would shut down everything. And I'm Be- telling you, people, <laughs> scientists, doctors, physics, Airplane pilots, uh, surveyors, all of them are starting to come out now and speak upon this and producing evidence, mm-hmm. you know. And, and really, you can't go to any book when it comes to certain professions, such as a pilot or a surveyor or anything like that. They, will not, they don't factor in curvature. Now, whether it's flat, I, I can't really say. You know, I can't, I'm just going by my senses. Yeah. I don't feel myself spinning on a spinning ball. I can't, I, you know, I look out and I have a telescope and I look up all the time to the skies when I can, you know, especially when it, it looks funny. You know, you kind of have to look up sometimes to see what's going on in your skies. Yeah. And I, I see the sun moving. I don't see us moving. I see the sun going from east to west. It'd be up in the sky. Now, if the earth was moving, my logic anyway, I'm not saying anybody else's, but my logic anyway is if the, if we're moving and the sun is right over directly over my head, I sit on the porch sometime, and that sun be up in the zenith, and it don't go nowhere for for a while. You know, I'm sitting there hot, you know, baking. Now, if the earth was moving, we would have been past that. We would have gone on, you know, left the sun behind. So I mm-hmm. see that the sun itself is moving, which is logical to me, you know. I'm using right. my own senses and perspective. I'm not going by nobody else's or what anybody else says on YouTube, in books or anything. I'm going by, you know, being an artist, I go by my own perspective and own senses, you know. And then I know when I look, when I look far off, everything goes like to a point. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You have a focal point. So, um, you know, it's, it's a lot that's not explained. But besides what I'm trying to say, what you were saying, 
you know, we have been told these things. Now, just go, anytime you're dealing with law, government, or commerce, you look at the money. Follow the money. Forget yes, everything ma'am. else. Follow the money. So go look and see how much NASA gets. And all they give us is CGIs of the earth. You know what I'm saying? Yes, ma'am. There's no the real true pictures the of any earth. There is none. Now, all the money they got, and they can focus, you know, I, you know, my camera, I got a camera that can focus up on the moon and see the craters in the moon. I got that type of camera, right? So why can't they have a camera that's powerful enough, even like Gavin said, if they can go out and supposedly put satellites out there, why can't they turn them satellites back and take pictures not those graphic ones and not the Google Maps, but real live pictures of this earth. Why right. not produce that? What? What's wrong? True. Why can't they? Why? They're Very hearing something. So would it not bring down those who are in these uh, uh, schools of thought and, and educational systems, these professors and teachers and physics and astronomers and all these, they got powerful. Okay, if, if, it was to, if, if it was to be, I can't say it was or I can't say it not because I've never been outside of this earth plane. But if it was to be, then what do you think would happen? Can you see the, 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 the downfall? Could you see that? I I know I can see it. It would be massive, wouldn't it? I know I can see it, whether it be, like you said, whether it be, you know, flat or not. If if what they've been putting out there is, quote-unquote, the philosophy of the ages, and all of that has been changed by a lie or by some truth that is proven against a lie, Mm. I know that it's going to hit hard. I mean, they already got a really bad economy right about now. Yeah. And yeah. you know, so I don't really see how it would help them in the long run. Um, but, you know, they're fighting to protect this lie. Yeah. I, I do want to say this, though, while we are talking about following the money, because, you know, I'm trying to keep my eye on this whole situation with the Jerusalem being declared as the capital of Israel. Well, you know, two days ago, they, uh, even eight days ago, let me just say this, Nikki Haley got up in the U.N. and was talking about how the United States was going to cut aid to the U.N. Well, now, two days ago, they're talking about how they're going to cut 128, no, 285, let me make sure, oh, $285 million to the U. Yeah, I see uh, that. United Nations the U.N. Yes, yes, I see that. The U.N. budget. Yes. Because, because the U.N. Wait, was I couldn't saying. Hear you. I couldn't hear you. They're going to cut how much to what? $285 million of uh, to the U.N. Uh, United Nations budget. They're going to cut that much money. And I was thinking to myself, when I look at that, because... I know what they're trying to do. I, I know what that looks like. And even the UN basically busted out and said it before they even made the threat. You cannot blackmail us into doing something like that because at the end of the day, this isn't about the fact that you declared Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. This is about you having respect for international law. And the reason why most people, you know, there were smaller countries like Togo, uh, uh, 
uh, what's those islands? I think it was New Zealand or something like that, and smaller African countries who, you know, maintain themselves off of uh, federal aid, uh, United States federal aid, who back the United uh, States in their uh, in the Declaration, um, who voted against the UN, and you know, the UN is just like, look, we're not going to be black to accepting this. If we accept this, then that'll give you the okay to do that. Because the whole situation was between the state of Israel and Palestine. And, you know, Nikki Haley is like, oh, you're going to be sorry because we're going to aid to. And, and I'm thinking to myself, they they finally did. They, they uh, cut 285, and I'm saying to myself, so with you creating these uh, financial sanctions and things like that against the U.N., you know, what does that say about the U.S.? Because that looks bullying to me. Yeah, yeah. You know, desperate. They're desperate. They're desperate. And on top of it, the whole move with the uh, states moving, see, they're moving embassy to the capital of Jerusalem after you already declared Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. Okay, wait a minute. Hold on a minute. Now, wasn't wasn't Jerusalem considered the capital a while back and then it was changed? Uh, Remember? Yeah, it was. was, Well, yeah, it was. Remember when they, right. So now they're trying to make it back the capital, right? Right, they're okay. they're saying, and in in all honesty, I know that they had the 1995 bill basically stating that the the capital of Israel was Jerusalem. <laughs> but the only reason they stay out of that, uh, Clinton, Bush, and Obama agreed to stay out of it because they felt that it exceeded foreign national, uh, uh, foreign, uh, foreign American foreign policy. It exceeded uh, American foreign policy and the scope of their powers regarding American foreign policy. So they say, hey, we're not going to go beyond our ability to do what we need to do in dealing with international issues. Let these people, you know, square off and do what they need to do. But then we got Trump coming in basically saying, well, we're going to go off a bill that we wrote basically saying that it belongs to Israel. But everybody knows, even the international community knows that the state of Israel is set up based off of occupation. Mm-hmm. It's a military occupation. So y'all don't really own it. Only thing y'all did was colonize it. Mm-hmm. Y'all colonized it. So it's really not y'all's. Nonetheless, exactly. Jerusalem is still on Palestinian territory that you conquered. But you were only able to get uh, western part of Jerusalem. You only were able to get the West Bank. You never were able to have what they called uh, East Jerusalem, which is the where they wanted to put the capital at. They're still in Palestinian territory, and they st- and everybody knows this. So the people that you know really kind of cared, they were saying that they didn't do it because of Palestine, the Palestinians. They did it because. And in retrospect, they don't want the United States to do to them what they did to the Palestinians. Mm-hmm. The Palestinians was like, hey, we don't want you 
to kind of act like you, we don't want, like you're already being condescending because you're telling us that, oh, it's going to help uh, alleviate the peace process, the peace talk between uh, Palestine and Israel and help them to further come to some type of agreement and creating a two, uh, two-state uh, uh, country. And they're like, no, you sided with the enemy, and you did it openly. So how are we supposed to, you know, how are we supposed to take you if you come and try to shake our hands, but you just sided with our enemy and took our land? Shalom, Minister Cedric. It, yes, I mean, sir. that's pretty much encroachment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On somebody else's territory. Yes, but when you really think about right. it, right. But when you think about it, really, the Palestinians are what descendants of the sediments left of the Ottoman Empire. Mm-hmm. So, in essence. Even the Palestinians are kind of encroaching. They are too. They are too. That, yeah. That is not their land, correct, Minister? Mm-hmm. I I I guess you can say that, and I'm going to say in this way because we have to look at what kind of happened at that time when you're talking about the Ottoman Empire and them establishing themselves in that land. Now, however, I don't know specifically how they were able to get into Palestine because we know that usually the conquered, when they're conquered, the conquered or the conquering party, what they usually would do is like any, you know, normal real estate uh, investing person would do. If they had an open, you know, slot or open tenancy, they would, you know, invite people to come and move in that lot. Just like how you had uh, when uh, when Judah was being occupied, and right. uh, the federal government at that particular time, the kings and princes and all those people, they were they went into captivity. What did the king do? Uh, I think Nebuchadnezzar. They moved people in. They moved the Sepharim and Ab- and uh, uh, Avites and all these different peoples in. Uh, north, uh, the northern kingdom. They moved them into Israel because they and they became the Samaritan right over the area. But then when we, when we returned from captivity, what right. did we do? Did we boot them out, or did they? Allow no, them? we did. No, we we built with we built within the territory that uh, they were surrounding because remember I think in the book of Nehemiah uh, Nehemiah Ezra they were talking about how these people were writing to Cyrus and Darius and talking about how you know they the kept messing was, with them right yeah they kept messing with them and saying how are you going to allow these these you know these thugs to come back you know, give their land back and all of this stuff that's going to mess up our taxation and things like that. You're just going to let these people just come back to their territory and stuff like that. You know, they felt some kind of way about it. But at the end of the day, they had to build within the, the you know, they had to build within the encroachment, so to speak, because, then I, you know, Persia still owned this land even after the captivity. 
And I remember asking priest, um, Minister Priest, I said, Minister Priest, was Israel a commonwealth during the time that they came out of captivity? Just like you have uh, uh, Puerto Rico and Guam and all those other different right. um, things, did the uh, did uh, Judah, or what they call, I like to call the state of Judah or Judea, did it function the same way that uh, Puerto Rico and Guam would function today as uh, United States territory? And we had a discussion about that. And I remember him, you know, he said it was a good question, and he wasn't necessarily too sure, but when you look at the nature of it, it does function, and uh, they do have similarities. So moving forward, when you're talking about the Ottoman Empire, and I do not, right. I'm not going to sit here like acting like I know. Wait, wait, you know, wait, wait, Minister, can, can you hold on to that next thought? Hold on to it. Don't lose it. Don't lose it. Yes, ma'am. Okay, so like the same way that Puerto Rico, like the United States government will contract with Puerto Rico, mm-hmm. right, yes, that, that certain items, will be made in Puerto Rico, but then mm-hmm. they have to ship them to the United States for packaging and then pay, so they have to pay export and import tax because Terrorist. they have to yeah. ship them to the United States to be packaged and then ship them back to Puerto Rico so that they can be sold. Like, right. that's what they would be would have been doing to Judea. Yeah. And how does, how does, Judea, or how does Puerto Rico break that cycle with what you were going to say next first, but keeping that second question that I got in mind for last? Now, that is a good question. The only thing I probably, I, I, I could say that they could have claimed their independence, but I would assume that they all, well, I'm, didn't they already claim their, didn't Puerto Rico already uh, claim their independence and things like that? that? Right. That's the thing. Like, they were independent. Right. And then all of a sudden they got into so much debt to the United States that they couldn't. Remember, um, we were going over that in the international news when we were doing the news and I yeah. was bringing up the articles about that yes, like no. two years yeah. ago. Yes, that They no. had fallen behind with paying their Right. back yeah. to the United States that yes, they basically had to come under the United States yep. um, as a commonwealth. And we see that oh. now with Jamaica happening again. Like yeah. you see, and then, you know, the Jamaicans complaining about the Chinese coming in there and getting oceanfront property and building a highway there, and they're not realizing that the Chinese actually purchased a lot of their American debt. So probably the exchange for them purchasing the debt for those lands, and they have to put something there for that payoff so that they can collect that money back from those nations. And the Chinese are building an airport there and everything. Mm -hmm. And then also the Chinese are getting going into Haiti too. Yeah. yeah. And then you see the, the you see Cuba coming to the table and talking with a lot of United States officials, not just United States officials, but you also see Cuba talking to um Venezuela. And right now if you're studying Venezuela, they're in the midst of, you know, a civil uprising and and, and the government taking over every 
facet of their lives, and they're in the midst of a food shortage, where there's mm-hmm. like certain days of the week where they're allowed to go to the you know, supermarket because resources are scarce, which is absolutely crazy to me because Venezuela is oil-rich, but I'm sure that they also have farmland. So how can a country that's self-sufficient has a very marketable and sustainable GDP go hungry? But then I see them, like, if they're in the midst of, even with Cuba, they're in the midst of a, a, a regime change. It's like they're, they're, they're putting in the puppet, the puppet regime now um, that has their alliance with, you know, the Western uh, United States, um, you know, alliance. But it all comes down to contracting. And the right. Is because if the Palestinians or the Ottoman Empire encroached, because I understand that we were under Roman occupation mm-hmm. when Yeshua was executed. Right. And then I know about sometime a little bit later, um, like 30 or 40 years later, I'm not sure, um, Vespasian laid siege to Jerusalem and started killing a lot of us, and a lot of us had to flee and run into the mountains and into Egypt and over to West Africa. And I understand that we set up certain empires like the Songhai and Mali and um, Timbuktu, and we went all the way up through Spain and all the way up through Europe conquering, and we rose to power there. But in the meantime, in between time, how did Rome lose its grip on the territory to the Ottoman Empire? Was there a contract in place that allowed the the, the, the Ottoman Empire I to think, attack? I think, okay, so, okay, don't forget the Crusades. Right. That's yeah. one of the parts that we need to. For, we can't ever forget the Crusades because we. You have to remember that they were still fighting over Jerusalem. You still remember have to remember that they were still trying to uh, uh, get Jerusalem back from the uh, the Mohammedans. Uh, I know one of them specifically was Saladin, and they fought tooth and nail with Saladin over Jerusalem for quite some time, but that still doesn't answer the question of the Ottoman Empire because I know that Ottoman, I'm assuming that the Ottoman Empire was an extension of the Mohammedan Empire. I'm just assuming because they set up caliphates with, within their regime. However, we come to the question of how did the Ottoman get a hold of Jerusalem if, uh, the Christians were able to get a uh, hold of the Holy Land because they eventually did get a hold of the Holy Land during the uh, I think uh, after the like the Third Crusade after like the eleventh or twelfth century something like that if I can remember. Um, but here's something else because again, like right off the top of my head, I don't know the answer to that, but I will say this. There was an article. I don't know if anybody, how many people seen it floating around the internet, but there was an article talking about how the one of the Ottoman kings sold 
uh, Israel. And when I say Israel, we're talking about the northern kingdom of Israel because that was the part of Israel that was known as Israel. Obviously, after the uh, the divide in the kingdom, that was the part that was known as Israel. And then the southern kingdom was known as Judea. Well, one of the Ottoman kings sold that plot of land to the Rothschilds. Mm. However, yeah, it was an article about that. I must have, I know that I need to repost that. I, I think I still have it. You can look this up. There was an article. It was talking about how he sold the uh, he sold Israel to uh, the Rothschild. They pretty much got it for a stole. Yeah, and this was like what eighteen twenty something, nineteen twenty something. And it went up happening. No, I think it was like eighteen twenty something. And it went up happening. You start hearing about the Belfort Declaration, and then you start hearing about the white papers, and then you start hearing about the uh, um, what else was it? No, there was the white papers, the Belfort Declaration, and then there was something else. I can't think of what it is. But then you start hear, hearing about the influx of Jewish people into the quote unquote. Holy land, land, but they were only able to access Israel. That didn't include Jerusalem. Right. Because oh. Jerusalem was still in Palestinian territory. He only gave them the northern kingdom. Now, whether Jerusalem sat uh, like between a partition or something like that, I would never know. But I don't I don't remember reading anything about a partition where Jerusalem was divided between Palestine and Israel. All I know is that the Northern Kingdom was paid was was paid for by the Rothschilds, and they wrote that in a newspaper article. It was certainly yes, yes, sir. No, I was just agreeing with you. I'm sorry. It makes sense. Yeah, they've been circulating around the Internet for years. I'm surprised nobody. Yeah, send it to me, somebody. Yeah, I'm going to go on my computer. I'll make sure I send that to you. And if you don't find it before I do, most likely, knowing you, I know you're going to find it. That is crazy. Yeah, they sold it to the This is the greatest deception of all time. So then they make Children of Israel are. Because yeah, that but, will really bankrupt people. So then it makes you kind of think, like, when you're talking about this whole, they, you know, the uh, uh, the capital of Israel has always been Jerusalem, and I'm thinking to myself, well, see, y'all even know that that's not true. Because it didn't even come with the plot of land that y'all bought. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean... How do you argue that if when you came to the land, well, when you were dealing with the uh, uh, with the Belfort Declaration and all the other different stuff, I still got to fit, figure out what is the other brother Gavin. Do you remember what what other piece of paper there was put in place to help the, the quote unquote Jewish people get inside uh, Israel? No, that's the only. I know it's the Belfort Declaration. No, right, yeah, the Belfort Declaration. Dang, so, I'll, I'll find out where it is. But it makes you think, you meant to tell me when y'all purchased Israel from the uh, from the Ottoman uh, king, you meant to tell me that that land didn't come with Jerusalem, but y'all already knew this. 
So then when you went over there to occupy it and you went over there trying to claim the West Bank and all this other different stuff, you know, you went in there knowing that y'all had to fight over land that wasn't y'all's anyway. So now we're in fast forward to 2017 where Donald Trump trying to be the old good pet president. You're trying to do favors to get in good with these uh, with the Israeli government, which in all actuality, they're one and the same. They created it, like I said, and I'm going to stick to it to the day I die. The state of Israel is a straw man for the United yep. States, and they yep. use the state of Israel to occupy the Middle East to try to claim Jerusalem. And I think it has everything to do with maybe the, maybe there's a part of the Crusades that we didn't know about. Maybe the Roman Catholic Church probably lost hold of the Holy Land, and they probably came up with a new tactic to try to seize the Holy Land. And I think that this was the way to do it. The Thank designers you. found a way to do it, and they used commerce to do it, as ever they always do, but nonetheless, I felt like this was the most creative they could get, because I still don't see how now you guys are still fighting over land that don't even belong to you, number one, because it wasn't, it didn't come with the land that the Rothschilds bought, and number two, you are not the original people who own that land, and even the Palestinians knew it. So must be the reason why they're like, hold up. Like, yeah, no, you're not, not, you're not, you're not even Israel. Yeah, you know, oh, that's what I meant to bring up. Holy crap, I'm glad we're all on the call tonight. Has anybody heard of a guy named, uh, uh, his last name is Tybo. He's from Philadelphia. He's a black pastor. Anybody heard of him? Tybo. His last name is Tybo. Damn, what is his name? Let me, let me see. Let me, I, I got to find this because I'm going to shock that it's going to shock the heck out of you. Uh, I think his name is Kevin Tybo or something like that. I can't remember this guy's first name. He's a black pastor from Philadelphia. And he, there was a video going around the uh, Internet where he received a letter from the Arab, one of, somebody from the Arab nation. And in <laughs> and, and the uh, letter, they revealed that the blacks were the children of Israel. <laughs> what? Yes. And said that those white Khazarian people were not the Jews. They weren't the real Israelites. And I was like, wait a minute. That, I mean, at that moment, I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute. That it seemed too coincidental, but then it was like because when he showed the letter on the teleprompter to his uh, congregation in his church, uh, he showed the first the first letter was in all Arabic. Mm. It was in all Arabic, but then he had it translated, and it read. I gotta man, I gotta read that. I gotta read it. Send send a kite and code. I was like, wait a minute. Like, it, I couldn't believe it. He read it out to the whole congregation. And by the way, this guy, uh, Tybo, he does preach that the uh, Negroes are the children of Israel. He was preaching this since 2000, and from what I have seen, he's been preaching this since 2015. 
and his whole congregation, they, you know, just like I guess a regular church in uh, Philadelphia, I think it is, and they they all know that they are Israelites. But he uh, he, I guess he got his confirmation from the Arabs. But I gotta let me let me see if I can find this video. That I I meant to bring this up last week. Well, me and you were on the call, Octavia, because I, 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 I know we were in deep conversation about, you know, the whole situation. You've been sitting on that for like a for but, 10 to 7 days. <laughs> yeah, but it, it slipped my mind. I was just like, I was like, I know it was something I was supposed to say, but yeah, that was what I wanted to bring up. And I'm glad we were talking about this subject because that, uh, I saw that and I was like, Yo, did they really just? Did he really just show this? I'm not surprised you guys haven't run into it because it has been circulating all over the uh, all over Facebook. But let me see if I can uh, get a hold to it. Uh, give me a second. Tybo, dark on it. Tybo, pastor. Tybo, pastor. Darn it. Hopefully my phone will play while we're on the phone so I can at least explain to you what it was saying. Tybo Pastor, uh, Arabs reveal black are Israel. You know we are in the, you know it's, you know, we're, okay, Arab leaders contact black Christian pastor. All right, so this was six days ago. Can you say that again? I'm sorry, I dropped off. The, the, the title of the video, well, oh, this isn't the, necessarily the one that I saw. Arab leaders sent letter, sent select pastors a letter. Uh, at world leaders sent Hebrew pastor Omar Tabo. That's his name. Omar Tabo. Yeah, his name is Omar Tabo. Oh, pastor Omar, I've seen him. His, his church is called uh, Philadelphia Church or something like that. Yes, ma'am. He's the one who did he did extensive research because he was talking about his sister Adiana. He was talking about how <laughs> before he found out who we were, he was sending so much money over there they had invited him to come. Yep. And he said he him when yep. he realized and he had to cancel that trip because he now, you know, he understood he did a lot of research on the history of the slave coast and all of that. The, uh yep. what was that map uh that that has a uh the slave trade uh, with the tribe of Judah on it, uh, Negro land, all of that. Yeah, yeah, he was breaking all of that down. He did a lot of research in history. I saw some of his videos and when he talked about the Ashkenazis and all of that when he found out who he was. Yeah, I saw his video. Yes, ma'am, this is him. Uh, mm-hmm. I got the video. Let me, uh, I want to read the letter. Well, not going to read the Arabic because I don't, I don't know how to Arabic. Uh, but give me a second. I'm trying to... Uh, get to it. And I'm going to email, I want to put this in the university too. So it says, it says, Washington cannot broker peace negotiations on behalf of the Palestinian and Jerusalemite family with the 13 Jewish tribe of European Ashkenazi Khazars who, contrary to Nikki Haley's assertions at the United Nations today, do not carry any biological lineage to the original black, brown, 12 tribes of Hebrew Israelites, 
nor can they trace any historical relation to Jerusalem, Palestine. Global guardians of Al-Aqsa Administrative Trustee Saeed Abdel Hadi. That was the guy who sent it to him. But that's I knew That's not the same guy that was part of head of the PLO, is it? PLO? What is that? That Palestinian organization, administration organization that was fighting the United States Palestine. and said that he was going to bring charges up against Israel. Oh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know, but I, I think we could look into that because that would definitely be the icing on the cake. <laughs> that would be freaking That would definitely scary. be the icing on the cake. That would be the cherry on the top. It would be about square. <laughs> you know, but, um, like, if we really join forces with the Palestinians and even the Egyptians, all the people that want them out, Shalom Nation. I was just looking up the his the um the history behind the Balfour Declaration. Oh, yes. And, and <laughs> I was reading. I read some of this before the last time, but now I'm looking at what you were saying and with a third eye. You know about the Rothschilds. It says here, it says, well, "What is the Balfour Declaration? The Balfour Declaration. Uh, it's the Balfour Promise in Arabic. Was a public pledge." By the by, Britain in 1917, declaring its aim to establish a national home for the Jewish people in Palestine. The, the statement came in the form of a letter from Britain's then Foreign Secretary Arthur Balfour, Balfour, addressed to Lionel Walter Rothschild, a figurehead of the British Jewish community. I saw that. I was like, "Oh wow!" So he, this was addressed to the to the Rothschild at the time. It was wow. made during World War One, nineteen fourteen and nineteen eighteen, and was included in the terms of the British Mandate of Palestine after the di- dissolution of the Ottoman Empire. Whoa, you guys! Oh my God! Like. You remember that that movie, Long Kiss Goodnight? Yeah, I remember that movie. Uh, with Gina Jackson like that Jackson. That's where I got that from. Like, hold on to your butt. That was from that movie. <laughs> but, okay. uh, remember when the guy was like, unfortunately, we don't know how to fake killing 10,000 people, so we're just going to have to do it for real. What if they set up that Holocaust to kill all them people just so that they could get back in that land? Well, well I, I, heard, I don't think that's hard to say. Oh, go ahead, brother. Gavin, I'm sorry. I don't know, but I heard about the killing of the Jews because of them um, being friends with the, the, I think there were gypsies that were, you know, so-called Africans that were, not Africans, I'm sorry, um, African, not African-Americans, but people of Nubian descent that were living in Germany at the time. There were those, those so-called other Jews were friendly with those Jews. The original Jews or the, so, the ones that are supposed to be the real Jews 
were affiliated with the so-called Jews who call themselves Jewish. They were friendly with them. At the same time, they were um, being, I think, converting or affiliated with Christianity or something like that. Hmm. Something to that effect. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. I've heard that too, but that doesn't. I mean, think about that, brother. Like you're dealing with a a major planned, obviously a a ma a planned operation. You can tell that this was well thought out, obviously, because for them to be doing this in the sight of the whole world. And um, you have these people who, by the way, these Jewish people are are a part of they're they're a small part of something that's big, and they're being used just like everybody else. You know, which is the sad part because these people are led to believe that they are the Israelites. That's not the same as saying that they couldn't be, uh, they couldn't participate in worshiping or uh, honoring the, the principles in the law because that really is the whole point of what the Messiah was trying to get everybody to understand at this particular time. Or not necessarily the Messiah because I know he went, you know, to try to get the house of Israel in order first. But then when you talk about the preachings of Paul, you know, and what was declared to him, and I'm only just going to speak in his walk from his perspective because, you know, I don't want to subvert anything. I don't want to say anything other than what he actually wrote. And he wanted to try to bring the Gentiles into honoring the laws because eventually there was going to come a time where the whole world was going to be under one government anyway. Wow. That was the whole, you understand what I'm saying? But you have these people using the, yeah. you know, using the the hopes and, you know, the dreams of these, uh, exploiting these people, making these people think something that is not only just to get for selfish gain, because at the end of the day, you want to be able to have control over Jerusalem. Why? I do not specifically know. But I feel uh, that there is obviously something there, something un- something very strange uh, there. And it's all going to be revealed in time. Covenant. Maybe the Ark of the Covenant is hidden somewhere. It is. Yeah, I mean, maybe it is. Maybe it is. Yeah. You know. Do you think it's there? Do you think it's hidden somewhere there and they just, haven't found it? Mm. I don't know. Hmm. It's something. Oh, it's got to be something, you know. But There's something there. Yeah, it's something there that they want. I mean, and they're doing any and everything to, to maneuver themselves in Jerusalem. Because that's what this whole thing, like all of this, is about commercially. It's about Jerusalem. You know, they throw the other different elements out there where, you know, they want to 
speak against the Bible, but I know that's to subvert the attention from what they are actually trying to do. Uh, but they're using these people. And, as, and like the sister was uh, just asking, you know, did, do you think they, they used the Holocaust to kill all these people just to get in land? Well, has anybody seen this movie? This movie came out, like, a long time ago called the Wine, the Wine, Wine, uh, can't remember. It starts with a W, but it's something, it, it sounds like the Wana, the, the Wanasi Conference or something like that, or the Wineman Conference or something like that. I mean, it's, they speak predominantly German, nonetheless, but they have English subtitles, so you can read what it is that they're talking about. And they're talking about, uh, well, they're talking, they're having this meeting about what they were planning to do with these Jewish people. But there's a book that I actually read about this particular conference and what they were actually going to do with these Jewish people and what the whole goal was. And in all actuality, yeah, that's exactly what they did. They killed the few to save many. You you know, and it really hurts my heart to think that they went to Alexandria and they burnt all those books and they destroyed Timbuktu and purposely. But they made sure they salvaged some stuff. But there's probably a lot of stuff in that vault underneath the Vatican that if we could only get our hands on that would, like, reveal so much. But I wanted to ask you guys also, like, Enrico, because I'm trying to get a map of our land. So in regards to... We have Israel, which is the northern tribe, northern Israel. And mm-hmm. then we had Dea, which was the southern, where the temple of uh, Solomon's, uh, the, why am I going blank? What is it? The temple of Solomon, temple of David, with, with his, his, Solomon's temple is yeah. actually in Judea, right? Mm-hmm. And then Jerusalem, the actual capital, is where? Somewhere in the middle of the northern, uh, in in the middle of Israel and Judea? Is that what you're saying? Well, from what I gather, when they speak about Jerusalem, they talk about the West Bank, and then you talk about East Jerusalem, that it would imply that there's a partition. As if like Jerusalem was sitting between the two lands, but mm-hmm. anytime that you read about Jerusalem, Jerusalem has always been regarded as the capital of Judea and not northern, not the northern kingdom. So that would lead, that would make you believe that Jerusalem itself, the capital, was on the land of Judea which would be modern-day Palestine and not modern-day State of Israel. Mm. And even when you read about the whole situation with the Rothschilds purchasing Israel, you never read about them. Uh, I, I don't remember reading anything about Jerusalem, you know, being an attachment to that particular lot. I don't remember reading anything about it. As a matter of fact, let me see if I can look it up. Because, I mean, this is 
really interesting. And while I'm speaking on it, I was able to find something about this uh, Al-Aqsa group or this Al-Aqsa trustee guy, uh, Abdal Hadi, who's an administrative trustee. Um, uh, They have this site on Facebook called Join the Global Declaration of Support to Palestine. It's called Embracing Al-Aqsa. And um, uh, they're issued by the Islamic Supreme Committee in Jerusalem on March 9, 2016. Today, March 9, 2017, one year today, Global Guardians of Al-Aqsa declare our unwavering support to our honorable imams and preachers of the Holy Aqsa Mosque in Jerusalem by affirming the Jerusalemite word of truth. These are supposed these are the people who sent the letter to Omar Taibo. <laughs> oh, they wow. said, oh, no, 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 Gentile. You are not going to tell me. So all I'm saying is everybody knows <laughs> that these people are not the people, <laughs> and everybody knows that we are the people. They even know it. They've been putting and it And they out. know it, you know? Yeah. So... And when it really, would it really, I'm a, and I know Ema and the rest of you brothers and sisters going to agree, it really does boil down to what are we going to do about it? Because it's not just going to fall in our laps. Hmm. And a revolution never happens. It, a revolution never just happens, you know. There are things that move uh, in places to make things happen, you know, uh, wars or big wars don't just happen. Wars are planned, and wars happen because they're planned. <laughs> so somebody's got to do the work. And, you know, one of the things that, you know, is holding us back from that is this, this division. But this division is brought about what all of these, you know, uh, philosophies about idea, uh, about genealogy and who's uh, Israelite because they're black and white and skin color and texture and what the name of Jesus is and what the name of Yah is and so on and so forth. And it's like what it really boils down to is how do you take the laws of the scriptures and use them to make a functional government? That is really, really balls down to, because at and the end of the day, the creator, right? It, basically, right. Minister Cedric, oh, yes, ma'am. Sorry. It's just out of You know, it's funny. I was just listening. I'm in the laundry man. I hope that echo in the background isn't bothering anybody. But no, um, okay. But yes, yeah, so I'm listening, and what you were saying, it makes perfect sense. And yeah, the whole thing of everybody knowing, and what are we going to do? As a matter of fact, when I think about it, and basically everything that we said tonight, and uh, all, and then you see these Christian pastors popping up, waking up, and realizing, and coming forth, and you know, telling their congregation, "Yeah, this is who we are," and you know, and not letting the ego get in the way, but you know, admitting that, okay, we had, I had it wrong, and this is what it is, and that's what Pastor Omar did with his church, for what I saw when I saw his video, but um, also. It's got to be really stressful for those who are in rulership to have to keep keeping this facade up. As much as I know they may have enjoyed being in rulership when things were going a lot smoother, but now the way things are, 
there's got to be a part of them that's saying, uh, uh, we we kind of really want y'all to just come on and grab the bull by the horns and, and go on and take some of this weight or take the weight or do what you're supposed to do, do what you need to do, because it's got to be real stressful to have to keep keeping that facade up. When the ball, when, when, when basically the truth is so much truth out here now everywhere and everybody knows and um, uh, many of us know and more of us are waking up, so, you know, I mean, it's like you said, it's what are we going to do? Because the whole world is watching now. And um, with that, I yield. Hmm. <laughs> man, oh, man. Uh, what are we going to do? Yeah, what are we going to do? Well, and think go ahead. what we are going to do is what we are about to do. Which is the only thing that we can do. We have to have money. We have have to have money. Commerce, capital. Yeah. And the mindset to be able to contract. Because just listening to you guys, it's all about contracting. Yeah. Yeah. Everything is recorded, you know? Yes, ma'am. The the surety has to be, you know, provided, you know, the collateral. And taking that and understanding. Uh, moving forward, once you have that collateral and once you have your contracts in place, mm-hmm. you know, we can eventually, because, again, we all know that we're Israelites. The problem is, at this particular point, we don't understand how to take that initiative as a body of people, and wherever our philosophies lie, we don't take that uh, outside of philosophy, we don't take that group our organizations together in order to form one body politics because mm-hmm. it can happen. Yeah, you understand what I'm saying? And in and in the midst of it all, you take that, and then when you talk about the churches and how that'll be included. You have the churches and things like that already on land, so if the churches are connected, you have some form of an ecclesiastical state mm-hmm. that you can eventually turn into a country. Mm-hmm. You can eventually turn it into a country, and you can dissect these different churches into parishes. It's it's all there. Is is how is coming together and actually understanding government to make all of these things happen because, again, it, it's just not going to fall. A revolution is just not going to fall in our lap. But, you know, the good thing is now we got enough people actually waking up now and seeing it, but mm-hmm. we don't have enough people actually saying, what are we going to do about it? Or or so, even implementing it, you know what I mean? Yeah, or implementing it. Yeah. Because you can ask, what are you going to do about it? But, right. you know, we have to step out there and, you know, implement it also. Yes, ma'am. But how are you going to implement it when you don't have no money? Right. <laughs> you got to have some fiat, some capital. Yeah. got to have but something to work with. Mama, it's got to start somewhere. Like, I mean, yeah. we're here. We're established foreign on the record. Yeah. The United States government is fully aware of us. Oh, There's no reason why some of the brothers from the temple can't go talk to Omar mm-hmm. Tebow mm-hmm. and the brothers from the temple and Omar Tebow 
get in contact with the gentleman in Palestine mm-hmm. and some sort of agreement be struck, mm-hmm. you know, and and hold these people accountable for what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And I, I know that we don't have – we've got – I mean, it's our land. Yeah. There has to be a reason why they're holding on to it and then notifying us, yo, this is yours. You're Judah. Yeah. There has to be a reason why because we have to claim it. We've got to claim the land. Right. The only- so if, if some of the brothers go and get in contact with Omar Tebow and the brothers in Omar Tebow get in contact with that Khalifat uh, or that imam that's actually guarding the capital city. Yeah. Miracles, the most high will make a way for something because we have to have some sort of resources, natural resources that is on that land, but we'll never know if we don't go. Right, that's true. The, the only thing I see with the, the 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 problem with that, you know, like even with the the, the minister Omar, or any other our brothers or anybody that steps out there, just you know, just those few, or I think that's a beautiful, brilliant idea. But that just like what reason. happened, you know, just like what happened down there in Michigan, uh, those two young ladies, and then that guy that worked with the uh, city, he was getting ready to testify or something. Those two young ladies that had uh, taken a lawsuit out against the water company, you know, the, the city for what was being done to the water, they all ended up dead. You see what I'm saying? That's true. Uh, you, you have to have, you know, uh, some type of surety, something uh, validated, something valid when you go, you know, I mean. That's true, too. I, I understand what Ema is saying. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I we like got to come full force. And, and what she's saying makes sense that we need to get out and advocate these ministers, and especially those who are woke and know. But you know what I'm saying? Yes, ma'am. Yeah, yes, ma'am. I, you know, let me tell you, I, I, I like you mentioned Harriet Tubman, uh, Anisha. Now, what she did and how she did it, she was underground. She kind of remained low-key, <laughs> did what she had to do to be successful and freeing a lot of slaves. Sometimes we have to conglomerate and lay, remain low-key, get connected with these people, and, and, and get it set up where it's foolproof, where there's proof, you know. where there's Like we go straight to the imam. We go straight to the Khalifat guy and uh-huh. say, we know we're here and we're established. Right. Yeah, you could do that, you know. But I mean, do we have the resources? Does someone have the resources to go there? Does he have Omar? Does you know what I'm saying? What I'm saying, late locally, we can call get it all. or write a letter, or the same way that they got in contact with that minister. We can't reach out and do, get in contact with them. Do you know how to get in touch with them? Or you know? I'm pretty sure. Well, I'm pretty sure he has like a website or something that we can, you know, email him well, or did con- person contact him. Because that's a good idea. That I mean, you know, if he's on fire like that and got that type of response, and if he knows that he's got some a group of Israelites that are on the mindset, you know, and pretty well know, you know, a little bit about law, government statue, statues and history and so forth and so on, that might be a good incentive to, you know, for him to do what he need to do with us, you know, working with him or something. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I like the idea. 
I like the idea. When she said it, I was just kind of like, ding. Yeah. You know, so that. So let me ask you. Yes, let no. me ask you, because Brother Priest, you know, he's, you know, he's a very um, intelligent, bright young man and, you know, full of vigor and stuff. Um, don't you surely think that he has the capacity to, uh, you know, meet with these people and maybe cuz don't you remember Cedric maybe 2 or 3 years ago or maybe sooner than that he had talked about that one day we would be taking going there with the you know the the paperwork yeah. and everything he talked yeah. about that not cuz we was talking about reparations you know right you know what i'm saying yes, he said that one day we would be going over foreclosing on their behind yeah, we, i'm we, pretty we, sure he got something in mind huh I, I, I agree with Ema. And... I agree with um, You know, Ema, I'm going to tell you, um, now, I don't know how true these other videos are, but after I thought, since I had seen Pastor Omar, I happened to see videos popping up here and there, supposedly of people in Middle East, some women, some men crying out, saying, yeah, you're so I've called African Americans, mm-hmm. you need that to come over here, um, how, how you know, I'm around, it's hello. Um, Sister Adiana Hashua Amaral. Huh? Yeah, I remember her. The Hashua Amaral. Yeah. The Ephraimite from Chicago that moved mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh, from over there, right? Yes, yes, ma'am. I know him. Even they know that, uh, just as the Bible, as the, as the scripture said, there will be no peace in that land until the right people are in and, that land. Right. It would be desolated till then. Yeah. And and then people are tired of suffering. That's why they're coming out. I see many videos with them saying who we are and all that. They need us and all that good stuff. Even the ones in Israel. Yeah. Yeah. With all of the turmoil that's going on there, it's it's bound to explode. I kind of saw it at one point where Israel and Palestine was going to, you know, like the Zionists were trying to get the – the Muslims to go to war with them because that's what, you know, Albert Pike has spoke about in his quote unquote uh uh plan is to create a third world war, uh and the Muslims are going to initiate it and I assume that they want to get rid of the Palestinians to wipe them off of that land so that they can clean that whole land again and then I guess just have everybody thinking that they are Israel. So I mean, you know, whatever. My whole thing is when you're talking about uh, what it is that we definitely can do because right now with us creating our trust and with us, you know, uh, putting things inside of them, it's a, that's a brilliant start when you're talking about how do you go over and settle a land because a settlement is a trust. You know, and that's exactly what these quote unquote settlers did when they came over here. That's why it was so easy for them to get the land. Because they already all they did was all they did was take the state that they had and then incorporated the land that they conquered and moved that under the state that they uh created already. Right. We can do the exact same thing. But nonetheless, when you're talking about what if a lot of us did the exact same thing. Mm. Yeah. And not only that, what happens when the churches do it? Mm. You have to remember 
that I posted in the WhatsApp long time ago when you're talking when they pretty much were talking about no I, I posted this definition called literature and it was talking about how young men were not allowed to go to school uh, or learn the holy order. Because if they did, then they would be able to supplant the reigning order of the day. Hmm. And they would be able to avenge their fathers. So they were afraid to allow the uh, young men or the quote-unquote young servant men into the holy order. These were the Romans. They, were, they, they weren't allowing the, the lower-class servants uh, into the holy order because they felt like that would be they would be able to supplant them once they got the understanding of the holy orders because the holy orders had the keys to commercial salvation mm. and so when you take that today this is what the this is why they killed uh, MLK this is why they you know went after uh, right. people like MLK because he he had understanding of the holy orders he was brought up in the church. He was a preacher, okay. And, and this is why, that's why they didn't let us allow us to read, but they right. gave us the watered right. down version of the Bible. Yeah, yeah. Right. And you think oh, yeah, that we would catch on? Yeah, the Nat Turner Rebellion. You have the Denmark Vesey Rebellion. Yeah, and that was based off of the fact when they started to read the scriptures, they understood that wait a minute, something ain't right. Hmm. They knew something wasn't right, but outside of that, you're talking about us taking these trusts in the states and then going and settling in these lands. That is something that we definitely can do, and we know it works because this is what the English and the Spanish and the Portuguese did before they came over here. Right. Like, I have, so like, almost in tears over here because what I realize is that our brother Ishmael is fighting to basically hold us down. Yeah. Hmm. Some well. of them, at least, because I don't. I mean, when you look at like the Saudi family, hmm. you know, they kind of been like bought and sold. They kind of been like, I don't really. I mean. Well, I, I guess that is a good question. Are the Saudi considered Ishmaelites? Does anybody necessarily know? Uh, yeah. I mean, like, uh, has anybody ever bothered to ask that question? I mean, I never did. That's a good – I mean, I'm just asking it now because I never asked it, and, I, and that's a good question to ask. Yeah, it's a good question. You know, because we know that the Saudis have been supporting the United States administration for a long time. Yeah. And they have an embassy, a very great big old embassy in the uh, 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 D.C. area. We saw that in that movie, was it Bowling for Columbine or I.O.U.S.A.? Mm-hmm. Michael Moore, when he was uh, he was uh, showing how the Saudis was connected to, or he was showing how uh, Bush was connected to the Saudis and how they was funding him and how Osama bin Laden was all connected with that, and he was part of the Saudi family. It's really uh, interesting. So, I guess you could say the the, the Saudis are to uh, Islam what 
Israelis are to the Hebrew faith. <laughs> you know what? They're just both packed in government. That would be a great observation. <laughs> and then when you You're look right. at Qatar, you look at Qatar and you look at Yemen right. and how the people operate in those areas, they operate totally different. Even in Iraq and Iran, right. they operate totally different than the Saudis operate. Those are, <laughs> that's the U.S. boys, hmm. you know? Doing their dirt. Yeah. Man, so you said some very interesting things regarding that and as well as Imayaru. And I'm going to make mention to this to Brother Priest because I forgot. All, I literally forgot all about it. It didn't come up until we had this conversation about Jerusalem. Mm. But when that brother had showed that video, when someone showed that video of that brother receiving and reading that letter, mm-hmm. I was like, holy crap, they know. Mm-hmm. But I want to also say this, because I was looking up the uh, the global, whatchamacallit group or whatever, and uh, the organization, they're a non-governmental organization, based in Denmark. So it's like, you know, you kind of, kind of, that's, you kind of got to take that with a grain of salt, but for what is worth, them saying that they know and revealing who the real Israelites are, that is more, you know, I take that over the fact that these people who are walking around here calling themselves Israelis are not the, the real Israelites. So I'll take that, you know. And then they, he wrote from Denmark where the Danites basically went? I mean, you know, like, come on now. And these are, oh, and not to mention, oh, okay, and so let's say they are from Denmark, but these people are back in Palestine. Let me say it that way. They are back in, this NGO group is back in Palestine, but nonetheless, it is head by, as a matter of fact, let me what do the, a how, little, do you, how do you spell that brother's name, Omar Tub, what is it, Tybo? Tybo, uh, T-H-I-B-H-I. Yeah, T, like T as in okay. toy. Right, T-H-I. B as in boy, uh-huh. E-A-U-X. Okay, and his first name is Omar, O-M-A-R or O-M-E-R? No, O-A- uh, O-M-A-R. Okay, Omar. Uh, I'm actually about to get ready to post that in the Stop the Madness group. Let me do that now so we, that we don't forget. Cause that yeah, means- post in there. Let me do that right now. And then priest will see it too, and then you can start the conversation with him yeah, tomorrow from that point. Yeah, yeah. So when did he receive this letter again? Okay, so this uh, video is from six days ago. Okay. Well, actually, yeah. No, wait, 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 wait. There was... Angry Arabs. Okay, so this was one week ago. They have some videos from one week ago. They have some videos from five days ago. So, yeah, so I'll say a week. This is a week ago. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was a, a week ago. Okay. Yeah. As in this would be the seventh day? Yes. So The number seven has been flashing to me in so many different ways. <laughs> so many different days. I'm just putting that out there. I see seven. Seven, eleven, seven, seven. eleven, eleven. You know what I see? Seven, seventeen pops up all the time and... Of course, that's my birthday, but that doesn't mean anything, you know, as far as my birthday, but it pops up a lot. And I went to the scriptures, and I've seen that on the seventh month, 17th day, the ark landed up on the mountain. <laughs> ah. I don't know. Yeah, it, it has that date in there, 717, is when it actually, all the water had receded, and that boat, the ark was up there on this mountain, resting. I said, okay, because I've been seeing 717 for the last two or three years all the time. All the time. It's crazy. Hmm. Yeah. I just posted it in the uh, uh, okay. uh, Stop the Madness group. So now what are you under it. in the Stop the Madness? What's your name in there? Uh, uh, Chad with Lockhart. Oh, okay. I've been trying to figure out. Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay, okay. I see Adiana and, and of course, uh, uh, Sister Anisha, she uh, puts stuff in her all the time. Uh, uh, I, uh, I made sure that I put it in the video that I made, and I did that specifically so that I didn't, and I didn't show my face because I didn't want anybody, I, I didn't want to, like, dilute the message. The message was okay. very clear about the Bitcoin. Oh, and I, I made, I wanted okay. that to be the focus, and I'm actually oh. going to do a follow-up video on that, um, explaining why I actually made that video. Um, <laughs> That's great. I, I do that, but um, did you see where China? I put that in there where China's talking about changing about the stuff. petrodollar. Yeah, yo, <laughs> this is going to be man. It's a battle of it's a battle of the dollar right about uh-huh. now. Uh huh. It's a battle of the dollar, and this. Bitcoin, mm-hmm. that black people just is thinking is the saving grace. I'm like, I don't know what y'all gonna do when it, when these people decide to uh, uh, unplug. Because <laughs> uh, when they unplug, your money does too. And the, uh, all that money that you plugged inside of this Bitcoin, mm-hmm. is is. It's crazy. Was it Altianisha posted an article the other day where they wanted to what uh, at the at the at the under the article they wanted to say uh, they had this thing on there somebody where you can buy ten bitcoins for a hundred dollars. Hell, I might as well keep my hundred. And, and it said you could get ten extra something extra. I'm like, <laughs> what did you guys like, think about that that vlog from that guy from the Nation of Islam where he was talking about? the correlation between net neutrality and Bitcoin and oh, yeah. child, you know, banking yeah. accounts. Man, it's, it's crazy. And 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 I'm like, I, I had mentioned this to Minister Priest, like maybe when one of our meetings, like maybe five months ago, maybe five, four months ago, I said, brother, I don't know about you. I said, but it looks like it's inflating, mm-hmm. just like the regular dollar. Because Minister Robert, when Bitcoin first came out, he put me up on game that there's a bubble. 
And I was just kind of like trying to figure out how come. And when I saw the same similarities between the Bitcoin and the dollar, I was like, it's inflating. Mm-hmm. It's not backed by anything but the money that people are putting in it. If that's the case, you might as well the hard earning money that you put in it. Because what are you getting out of this Bitcoin? Except mm-hmm. being able to exchange it over the Internet. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it doesn't I mean, have no value unless it's consented to buy in that sector, whatever. You can't go out and buy a car with it. It's <laughs> just like the stock market. Yeah. Just like the stock market. And here's what uh, here's what's so interesting about it, because in the video that Aki and Nisha had uh, posted with the uh, brother talking about the nation of uh, um, was it um, I can't remember the guy's name. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, I don't know. I keep thinking Al Franken is not Al Franken. <laughs> um, what's the uh, brother? You talking about? Uh, uh, I know who you talking about. Home. We got a I can't say Al Franklin, but Farrakhan was talking about. He was talking about how the dollar was going to collapse, and I kept remembering uh, how when um, there was the 1930s crisis, um, when the stock market crashed, and then people were you know, banking high, and then, you know, they end up selling, like, dirt cheap, and then the rich bought out all of these people's stocks, and then you had this small group of people who now own, like, pretty much most of the wealth of America. Well, now you see them doing it again, but they're doing it in the form of Bitcoin, and you're talking about the crash of the dollar, when they got all these people putting their money behind some digital currency, and I feel like at the end of the day what may end up happening is one or two things. They may uh, unplug it, and then the people just lose their currency mm. after they done put all their money behind it. It's a bailout. Like I kept saying, I said this on several occasions, that is nothing but a bell, and all you're doing is giving these people your possessions. You're trading the little bit of worth that you do have over to these people who do have the power to buy the wealth that you have, and you can't even re- you can't even resell it afterwards because there would be nothing to sell. Right. Once unplugged. Right. And so they have swindled you out of the, all of this hard-earned money. Some people have put thousands of dollars out this big on. <laughs> well, that's the same way they did the dinar. Oh, my gosh. Mm. Yo, that's what Brother Priest brought up some time ago. He brought he we he brought that up some time ago. Okay, so, wow. Man, this is so interesting how this country just, I mean, how time just constantly repeats itself. But you I'm, said, wait, wait, Emma, you said that's what they did with the dinar? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, what what do you when they tried to sink it? Basically, how how did they do it? No, because they just put it out there that you know the dinar invest in the dinar, uh, you know Iraqi money. And you remember the Iraqi money, and you know when uh, the United States, and it was full bloom around 2013. I mean that's like 13, 14, 15, 16, 74 years ago. But people was buying the dinars, and 
<laughs> holding on to them. Some still are holding on to them because they feel like, you know, the money's going to be reset, re, you know, reset, uh, you know. So, I mean, if four or five years later, nothing's happened, you know. Right. So people are still holding on to those dinars, a lot of people, thinking that it would cash in, you know what I'm saying? They said it was going to be probably a reset, reset. huh? Probably why we were trying to handle our rain. Maybe they're yeah. trying to go over there and create the war so that they could be able to back up that uh, money. Uh, yeah. Those claims. Yeah. What did you say, Anisha, uh, do I think what? Um. What, well, the Bitcoin is what uh, is, is, to me it's is connected to, I said Bitcoin is what? It's connected to... Is it a Japanese economy? Is it a Korean economy? Where did that trust come from? What did Brother Priest say? See, did he, who was that to say? I don't know if it was Brother Priest or not, but who was that to say that it was created by the Japanese? Or, But see, that's just the thing. Let me Hold on. That's just the thing. The Japanese, when, okay, when it first broke uh, about the Bitcoin coming out and all of that stuff, they tried to say that it was a Japanese guy, Natashi or something like that. I can't remember his name. Mm-hmm. And they made him the face of the creator of Bitcoin. And after that, uh, after the news broke about it, he immediately denied and said that he was not the creator of it. Right. He, however, did uh, delve into the, uh, the creation of the technology. But as far as Bitcoin is concerned, he said he had nothing to do with it. So, uh, so... Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, it's got here Satoshi Nakamoto. Bitcoin okay. was in, invented by an unknown person or group of people under the same name and released as open source software in 2009. Right. And, and it was uh, Bitcoins are created as a reward for a process known as mining. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're mining, all right. So then at the United States, wow. <laughs> pays reparations. To Japan, hmm. could they have established an organization or a company in Japan to launch the big the Bitcoin campaign through to calling it whatever they wanted to call it, incorporating it. Under whatever name they wanted to incorporate it under, and like that guy was saying on that video that I put in the Stop the Mattis group, he was saying, I'm walking to the store, so excuse the heavy breathing. Mm-hmm. He was saying that he believes that the net neutrality is directly associated with the Bitcoin because Rothschild who owns the majority of real estate in the United States, was found extracting quite a bit of wealth out of all of the buildings that he owns in New York City, which aren't even half the value in worth that it was when he purchased it because the U.S. dollar is tanking. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then he put his money into Bitcoin. And then 
<laughs> so the only way that they could basically control the new dollar or the Bitcoin is if they seized the Internet so that they would have power over the money. Mm. So these guys are just straight wicked with it. I remember when a couple of days ago I was reading from the book of Ezekiel, and I believe it was the book of Ezekiel, chapter 16. And Ezekiel was prophesizing against the children of Israel. And, hi, guys. And, and when I came here, and when I came to with like the 37th verse or 36th verse um, to like the 39th verse, and it was saying that, you know, I, the most high, uh, tell, you know, say to Ezekiel, tell the children of Israel that I see the, the sins, your sins has transgressed up to me and all the sins that you have made with, all the whoredoms that you have done with um, foreign women, your your sins have reached up into the gates of heaven, and he said, therefore, I will send a nation after you, I believe he said in 39, and he said that they will form a company mm-hmm. against you. Right. And I was just like, holy crap, did that just say? What did you say? That they will form a company against you and that they will utterly destroy you Mm -hmm. off the land? Mm -hmm. So when you guys talk about Bitcoin being a bail-in so that they can seize the funds, what happened, Emma, what happened with those people that invested in Dinar 30, 40 years ago, what was the outcome of their, their investment? It, it's not, I tell you, it wasn't no, uh, there was no uh, cash in, I'll tell you that. You know, and, and the companies like the banks and those um, uh, financial institutions, um, they're the ones that reap the rewards. They're the ones right. that got the money. And if you do decide to cash them in, you're, you're going to be penalized and not get your full uh, issuance of what you invested, you know what I'm saying? Right. And then a lot of people have probably died and stuff like that. And it really got full force, full strong when uh, Bush, you know, after he came out after the war, you know, mm-hmm. that's when they really went crazy. <laughs> so, wow. hey, the same thing that would happen with those people with the Bitcoin, that's going to happen with the Bitcoin. You know, they have them succession of moments where they issue out something and it's like a, a craze or a phase and the people mm-hmm. jump on it, you know, and, and, and it's due to people's selfish, you know, needs and wants, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and here's the thing, you have companies now that are like literally accepting Bitcoin. They're like, oh, yeah, we yeah. accept Bitcoin. You have people who are saying, oh, there are real estate companies that actually, actually accept Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying to myself, What's going to happen when just out of nowhere they say, um, 
uh, we're going to we're going to smash the power grid or something. We're going to turn the power grid off for an hour. Mm. Mm. So, and the, the interesting thing about Bitcoin is it's decentralized. So there is no regulation, which means that you can't you can't do like how you know if you go to Wells Fargo or something like that and claim you know lost money or, or claim that your money was lost and then be investigated by the FDIC or something like that. Because guess what? It's not regulated by the bank. Right. It's not regulated by the federal government. So it's it's just like what they like uh what they used to do. My uh, teacher was talking about in poli- uh in political theory when they were talking about squatter squatter sovereignty. You know, people were just squatting on other people's land. So that's pretty much like a free for all. That's you know that gives uh people who are good at taking people's money even a, a more even a greater opportunity to take, take of more of other people's money. Yeah. You know, I want to ask you a question. What is the name of that? Um, uh, is it strong concordance? What is the name of that that you can look up a word, uh, you know, and it gives the number and everything? I've been trying to figure that out. Yeah, strong concordance. Okay, because I looked up looked up that word uh, cryptocurrency. You need to go in and look up what crypto and currency means. Man, it is deep. Oh boy! Deep. <laughs> I, 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 you know, I was trying to find it again because the the last time we talked about it, I went to. You said it was a strong concordance, right? Yes, ma'am. I went to that, and and it was profound what the word crypto means. You know, I can't remember, but I know it's profound. I'm trying to find it again. But go ahead. I'm sorry to change to, to mess your no, thought no. up. I'm sorry. Uh-huh. You know, it's these people have the chance to now take these people money, but the downside <laughs> of that is these people willingly did it because you willingly put your money behind something that you know didn't have any value only because you thought that you were getting more value. But the value only comes from the money that you're putting in it. And guess what? They keep doing. They keep inflating the price of it. Oh, it's gonna go up to twenty five thousand and thirty thousand. And I'm like, look here. And that's wicked as hell. These big governments are literally right. But you know what? It's like just one more thing. I want to put this back just in it. Um, because the government is robbing its own people. That's yeah. wicked as hell. Yeah. You know, I mean, if if you're going to create the illusion of of providing for your people, this is a you know, I was just watching a documentary of how many people in the United States actually are on government assistance, and you would be amazed at the statistics from the the, the you know housing urban. Department and you know the government just based on who is actually on government assistance as opposed to who they make it seem like is on government assistance. And there's a lot of working poor uh, Caucasian families that depend on them to feed them. And these are people that are homeless. These are people that are homeless whose ancestors founded this country. They're, they're they're literally robbing they're robbing them blind. It's all about it's all about. I mean, it just comes down to 
them knowing that their them knowing that their time is up, yeah. and them protecting themselves uh, or ensuring themselves against any loss. And if that means at the expense of the their own people, or at least the people that they feel don't matter, then you know they're like, what the hell? You know, we we just had to go. We just had to carry it with us to our graves. You know, I guess these people are willing to die living with that kind of reality because they're looking like, hey, we want to ensure our posterity. But, you know, your children have to live with that reality afterwards. And wow. your have to live with that. And, and they got they're going to be, you know, they're going to be the scapegoat after you die. Yes, yeah. yes. yes. Yeah. What do they say? What does scripture say? The last, yeah. the last yeah. shall be first and the first shall be last. be last. You know. <laughs> They're going to be the scapegoat, so you're setting them up, you know. But that's how it's always been when you're talking about the uh, submerge and emerge of governments, Mm -hmm. you know, and talking about revolutions. Is that just how it is? Things die and things are born again. And, you know, what people fail to realize is we think we live in a government that is unsupplantable, but that's just not true. Right. America knows that it's supplantable. This yeah. is why they make. This is why they capitalize on glamour. Yeah, everything that they do is about glamour because it's a facade. They they have a facade of power. They know they have a facade of power, right. and they exercise that to the greatest of their ability. And they've been able to maneuver behind that for so long. But now the facade, you can only you can only masquerade for so long. But they making sure that while they have the chance to do it, they're extracting the resource they need to survive a little bit, mm-hmm. a little bit. But while you have that little bit of resources, your children are going to suffer behind exactly. the mistakes you made. Exactly. Right, because they're going to be they're going to be held accountable for the transgressions of their father. Yeah, it's exactly. almost like, and that's in that's in the scriptures. Yeah, and they do it to us, yeah. and we taught them to do it to us. So just like we had to learn that we can be held accountable, they have yep. to learn that they can have. There's, there's no one above the law. And yep. it's so funny, is because this is it's like this is the difference between legal and lawful. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. the difference between yeah. legal and lawful, just like that landlord that was doing me and my dad dirty with that adverse possession. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, it's like we're playing a game of life. That's a game, right? But they game. tell yeah. you, right, but they tell you, I used to love that game as a kid. These two games I used to love as a kid. They, we're playing a game of life, but they say we're playing Monopoly. Mm-hmm. So meanwhile, you're thinking you're just collecting fiat skips a script, and everybody that has utilities got to pay utilities. You know, if you got to, if you if you land in, you know, go. You know, you can't you can't, you do not collect uh, two hundred. If you land on the the I forgot what that sign thing is. You got to go to jail. You do not collect two hundred dollars when you pass go, and you got to stay right. You got to stay in there for and miss the turn, literally. And you can acquire property, and anyone that lands on your property, just like anybody that walks into your business, has to pay you a fee 
for using your services, right? Mm-hmm. Right. But then they don't tell you all the intricacies that the real game of life is actually being lived before your eyes. Yeah. And and they speak in that bastardized language using lawful terms that have double meaning so that they could be telling you the truth right in front of your face, but because you don't understand the lawful life game, you think you're hearing one reality when it's another. Right. And that's why the Native Americans say that they talk with forked tongues. And and to add on to that mythology, see, they have created the illusion. It's about the magic of what they've created. See, Mm because all this is obsolete. All of it is mute. You know what I'm saying? Right. And it it makes sense, you know, when you're talking about the games of life and Monopoly and all that and chess. It's a myth, you know, if you go back in history and look, was there not mythology always abound, always mm-hmm. talked about? And in today's reality, the mythology is Disney World, the creation of magic. And yep. uh, remember we talked about in the newsroom where that one uh, governor down there in Texas wanted to, to create, uh, have magic as a holiday? Mm-hmm. See, see, everything that we're talking about and talked about all night is, is, is an illusion. It's the total opposite of what we see. You know what I'm saying? Right. That mirror mm-hmm. mirror effect or that mirror uh, that's how they get us into all these investing our hard-earned money or our, our currency, our energy into things that are not what they really are, you know. Right. And the real true thing and the real true thing of life, as she was speaking of that game of life, is that spirituality within you, that spiritualness about us to be able to do, conduct our business on that, on that level. But right now, most people in that state of mind don't understand that. They're caught up in the game of life. They're caught up in the chess. They're caught up in the monopoly of things, you know. Right. Yeah. And, it's, and, and it's going to be that way for a while. And, yes, sister, yes, brother, uh, as far as, uh, you know, if you go back and look at the scriptures, the Most High himself has declared, even unto us when he put that on us, he declared it unto the uh, Gentiles or those who were not, you know, politically correct. Their offspring, it said, generations of generations will reap the rewards or they will reap the curse. And and you see that. Give you an example. If you ride down the street, one of us ride down the street, and we see, a, a, say, a sister or a brother that is homeless and laying on the sidewalk, how are we to judge that person? Maybe that is some kind of karmatic uh, result of what someone in his family did. You know what I'm saying? Yes, ma'am. You, you know, does it make sense? Now, I would consider us on this line very blessed and maybe from another type of karma because we're able to have our eyes, the, the scales taken off our eyes to see and our ears to be open to hear and to understand exactly what is really going on out here. It's an illusion. Everything is an illusion. And they're sitting back laughing because in reality, you know, when you're speaking about the people over there in Israel, maybe they might decide to kill them all off. They can't do that. They won't do that. They can't do that, you know, but in reality, they're sitting back looking at us laughing because they know that they don't have that stronghold of that real true power. There's only one, only one true L and one true God, and he's going to only allow so much to manifest on this earth plane with the people, period. You know what I'm saying? 
Mm-hmm. And that's something we got to come to the realization of as we walk our journey, walk our path through this nation, through our lives, and, and the people we encounter, the people that we learn about, the people we – and that gives us the incentive and the knowledge to be able to go to these people. I mean, I'm all gung-ho for writing letters, doing whatever to talk with the people, but everybody's got to be in sync with the same mindset. You see what I'm saying? In mm-hmm. and, and, and Matrix, the Matrix was a perfect example of how we're living, how people are living. Don't you think? Yes, ma'am. So what is the conclusion of the whole thing? Follow the money. <laughs> yeah. And, and play time will follow. <laughs> and, but you know what's so interesting is, like, when you read in the scripture, especially when you get to Kings mm-hmm. and Chronicles, <laughs> Mm-hmm. You pretty much kind of see that that's pretty much what was going exactly. on. Exactly. Money trail. Mm-hmm. You, you're talking about money trail. And you're yes. talking about deals that were struck up between, you know, Israelites and these different nations and what happened in the in between time between these different nations. And interesting enough, you see the exact same thing happening. Why is it? Because somehow law has a way of making things uh, plain mm-hmm. to people who pay attention exactly. by uh, uh, re- by uh, repetition. Mm-hmm. Law is rep- that law is rep- you know law is uh, eternal because it's repetitive. Mm-hmm. It does thing over and over and over and over again, and it, and and that is why it becomes so universal. But universal, but people act like when you're talking about law, oh. They think of white people, and I'm thinking of myself, white people have nothing to do. Right. <laughs> they be white or black. Well, they have nothing specifically to do with, with you know, law in general because it will be here when we're gone and it will be here, you know, uh, you know, before and after. It was here before and it will be here afterwards. Operating. Yeah. It favors those who favor it. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Emma. And, and the profound thing about it was Judah was given the law. We were the lawyers. We were the ones. We were the lawyers, right. Yes, ma'am. You know what I'm saying? And it's, yes, it's, it is within us. It's embedded in us, you know. But here comes along a fad, and everybody want to jump on that when, you know, they should be jumping up. Because we're the ones that's being confronted with uh, uh, being drug addicts or drug dealers or this and that. We're being locked up uh, uh, on a mass scale. You know, but we're not looking at the law. We're not jumping on that bandwagon to understand law and let that natural aspect of us come out because we are lawyers by nature. You know what I'm saying? We always... Huh? We're, we're wicked as hell, too, and we're yeah. <laughs> Yes, we are. Stiff-necked, hard-headed people, you know, stiff-necked, hard-headed people, and we're naked, and we got to yeah. be clothed. we got to get clothed back in that, that, that uh, uh, bride, that, uh, the most high. we got to get clothed back in, into that before we can go any further. You know, because I look at the little children, you know, I asked, one day I asked my little granddaughter or my grandson, you know, uh, did you take that cookie, you know, and they got crumbs all over their face and their hands behind the back with the cookie in their head. They said, no, I didn't do it. You know, we're natural-born liars, you know what I'm saying? Okay. <laughs> That's until true. we, yeah, until that we that start true. admitting to ourselves that this, this system is not working for us, stop lying to ourselves, uh, we're going to st- continue to be uh, blindsided by their schemes and their, you know, crap that they got going on, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yes, ma'am. And it's programmed. And, you know, the I'm, I'm glad now that, you know, 
like I said, and we've all been saying this, you know, we're glad that we're at a point where people really are starting to pay more attention now. Like they question everything. Like my mom, she was so excited that she didn't have to celebrate Christmas this year. Like she oh, yeah. let the whole world know that she doesn't celebrate Christmas before. <laughs> You know, have the money at the beginning of the year. I guarantee that. Oh, <laughs> that was her whole thing, and and she was so excited, and she was just kind of like she was glad that she listened to what I was saying. I was just telling mom, I was like, mom, this is what I wanted you to understand from. This is what I was trying to tell you so many mm-hmm. years ago. You know, the people, this this country had so much of a hold on our people because. You know they they were able to control us through our emotions. They know how to do that. They know how to invoke emotion, and they know that if you can control the Negro's emotions, you got him. You got him. Mm-hmm. You can manipulate mm-hmm. him to do any and everything under the sun. All you right. have to do is control their resources and their emotion. Emotion first, resources. Maybe resources first and then emotions second, but nonetheless, control it either or. You can get them to do anything. Yes, ma'am. I wanted to share something with you. I wrote, uh, you know, when we, I first came into the nation in 2013, and this is what I had, I wrote this out, and I want to see what you think about it. It's called okay. our, our society, the Hebrew Israelites. Okay. I was I was lifted up in the spirit and was riding on the wings of the angel of revelation. He revealed unto me that we as the Hebrew Israelites have exalted ourselves and have defeated the purpose of the plan. He whispered that the ultimate goal of the members was to carry on the triumph of the struggle. Through the advancement of grace and technology, sanctification was supposed to be bestowed upon our generations to come, the soon-to-be survivors of our journey. However, like the blind eyes of a praying cat upon his prey, we have lost instinct of direction, become engulfed in our own determination to get and destroy. Furthermore, we have a strong desire to feed our deplorable appetites for revenge, unfortunately, on our own souls. This is an option, not a distinct roadmap for survival. It is a craving, not a benefaction. When our reproductive cells detach from our being and become their own personage, they inherited the archetype of our existence. But we, as an establishment, seek out, sort, and singe our prototypes. We program greed and not compassion. We channel all our dreadful sicknesses in multiplicity, not simplicity. We cultivate emotions and bury common sense. We redefine death and created new forms of life. We heal to be praised. We save to brag. We cast away to forget. Through astonishment, I discovered lurking in the essence of eternity was and is a teacher, the Word. We define this opportunity to be taught and take the chance to form a universe without reason, without hope and truth. With speculation, love is thrust back at the giver and replaced with the prince of all princes, self, that satanic spirit. Yes, our Hebrew Israelites have finally blossomed into a mature master of destruction, excluding the fact, protesting from the very base of his soul, is the virtuous, exclusively soon to be silenced with the art of deception and soothed with the branding of contentment. We bottled the deja vu of happiness and have dug up, dug up the box of ultimate force, life after death. We cannot refrain from self-righteousness and actually have created 
a giant devouring omega called the evilist. The angel reassured me that within ourselves, we forgot to pinpoint the core of our souls, us, people, living souls like gods. Our vision as we drowned self-respect and choked mannerism because we needed more entertainment after killing morality, we short-circuited our mentality and solely rewired our destination from the pre-existence of voiceless, we have become heartless and barricaded our minds. Deep in the jungle of our unlimited organization is a surge of explosions to come. Practiced through history, we beg of extinction of the absolute of the void. I glanced and I saw as we advanced to the stage of self-flight, we could taste the feast of annihilation. Our Hebrew society is in entirety, know no tears, and doesn't fear the known. The unknown is not a challenge, but a pleasure, a tease for undying hardness. We take fate and dance with it and kick it to the curb. We lock up equality and destroy the key. We unveil oppression and certify its cause. Through our eyes, the song of the wind is only given permission to sing when announced. We let the waters know they better recede when stared upon. We have moved mountains only to replace them with pillars of salt. Our own bitterness has taught the lower beings to give up and die. Even the angels are no competition to our intellect. (laughs) Through the word, our society is told and shown there needs to be a change. With our response, we slap time in the face and try to control. As angel laughed and imparted this one last vision onto me, I remain steadfast in the spirit to see. Through an illusion that our society has cast upon itself, the capacity to be able to stand upon one grain of sand and grasp the future and make it last while laughing in his face, we mock mystery and conceal certainty. We chain hospitality and breed hostility. We are now riding into the millennium with a whip laced with demands and a stupendous keg full of dominance. Shorter work. Our society is no more without Yah. Hmm. Hallelujah. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Ooh, what do you That's think about that? Summed, it's pretty much summed up our current uh, uh <laughs> our current situation. Our people, isn't it? And you know, I think I mean you said so many different things, I don't even know where to begin, but I will say this. What you said it can definitely be a it is applied to us, and it can be applied to anyone else, but I know you were speaking specifically to us because, again, we have a destiny just like everybody else. Our destiny yes. and our had already been written. The yes. problem with us, just like everybody else, is we don't like when we're told that someone has the ability to control what we do in life. So we act contrary. we act contrary to that, by inventing all these other different gods so that we don't have to deal with the real reality, which is you have a faith and you have to follow that. Whether you want to believe it or not, it's really no it's not going to change the current situation because the current situation is you were chosen to do something that you don't have any control over. You don't have any control over the fact that you were chosen to be a priest or a prophet. These were the things, the spiritual gifts that were given to you. But when people go against that, then they're like, well, I don't know why my life is... And it's like, well, why don't you know? 
you should be trying to figure that out. And for many of us, you know, who become Israelites, a lot of us don't necessarily, we don't get that far. We just get to the part where there's the, we have to keep the commandments, but we don't necessarily understand what are the whole purpose of the commandments. Mm-hmm. We don't understand our role in that either. Mm-hmm. And we really need to get back to that. And what you said was just like, mm-hmm. you're talking about the Negro man in America. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, if that don't describe us to a key, I don't know what else is. It's um, you know, I think it was a uh, shalom. I'm sorry. I think a, I think it was very good. What stood out yeah. to me in the in the in in the the poem is where you were speaking about basically how we have killed God, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which reminded me of Nietzsche's writing. Mm-hmm. You know, and say like, "Where is God? Where is God? What, is, is, is he dead? Yes, because right. we killed him." Exactly, exactly, exactly. You hit it, <laughs> and that's why we're going through what we're going through. Mm-hmm. You know? That's exactly why. You know, we we run around chasing material things. Right. You know. And King Tut, none of the rest of them could take it with them. They put it in there, but others came along and took it, you know? Right. We've got to get out of that mindset. Once we get out, see, that's the key. Once we get out of that mindset, then everything else manifests onto us. The riches and everything will come to us once we understand that. There won't be that greed among our people, that selfishness, envy, and strife. That's the whole key, you know? Because I tell you, I ask anybody, okay, so you think you're in control. Can you tell me when you wake up today, or if you even wake up, can you, can you even guarantee you wake up? Or can you guarantee no. that once you go out to that car or go walk to that bus or walk, that you're going to come back alive? Can you guarantee yourself that? Can nope. you really do that? You see, or can you take that? Can you tell that disease in your body, with, with, without the, the the faith of? Because faith is a substance. The Bible said faith is a substance. It's a tangible thing, which that's right. another whole new topic. But can you guarantee that if you got some kind of disease that came in your body right now, that you could tell it to go, to get out, especially if you're not on that level? Can you do that? Right. Can you heal yourself without the knowledge and, and training and understanding how to heal yourself, just being a normal person? Can you do that? You know what they always say? No. You see what I'm saying? Right. So why do you feel that you are an island by yourself and you can get out here and struggle and strive right. and become successful, which you never do? You know what I'm saying? You know, it, it, it's, it's just it, we got a lot to learn. We got a long way to go. Yeah. We got a long way to go. I, like, I, I never, I couldn't, I don't know how I got this apartment. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I mean, I do, but logically it defied all reason. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Well, let me mm-hmm. ask you something before you and go the further. People, the people, the places, the things all manifested itself <laughs> at the right time. To get us here. Okay, but I want to ask you something. Mm -hmm. Hold hold that thought for a minute, okay? We got that. But let me ask you something. Within your heart, your mind, and your soul, did you 
really did you I, I believe myself that you visualized it that you it was it, it was embedded in your consciousness your soul and your mind and you and you you saw it and manifest it was created and you 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 created it in your thoughts and if you create it in your thought, then it becomes a part of your being, and your being, being in tune like you are, because you're a very intelligent lady and stuff, and you know some things, I believe that you made it manifest because of your mindset. Right. I really believe that. I don't, and and, and I don't it goes A, B, C, one, two, three. It's it Because it, the same thing happened to me, sister. I got a beautiful place and all that because of my thoughts, my mindset, putting it out there beyond what they tell you can't have, you can't do, you can't be. You see? Yes, ma'am. I understand totally what you are saying. Let me just share something from my inner psyche Mm -hmm. that um, I guess I needed spiritual healing, and the most high felt that now Mm -hmm. it was the time Mm -hmm. to give me that. Because although I wanted it, I knew that I wanted it, and then I was even thinking about taking the house from the people that was doing the adverse possession. And I had the documentation Mm -hmm. in storage still in New York where I could serve him via Supreme Court, and I still have all the videos and everything. And I was thinking about having that house, having a three-bedroom, you know, actually four-bedroom because our apartment is something, you know, separate, and having my dad in the apartment, the apartment downstairs with his own bath and me upstairs with my daughter with the three bedrooms or the two bedrooms and loft and the one bath. And I was thinking about all the things that I could do if I could borrow against the house and I can develop it that I would actually be able to even start a business, the cleaning business, and expand it. And then this happened, and those people were trying to have me arrested, and I was calling the cops, and they was calling the cops because they were doing something shifty, and then the electric company came and turned off their lights, and they blamed us. Because on the record, you're not even supposed to be there. We're the only people documented on record because I took you to court that are supposed to be here. And now I have you on record in court saying that you're the owners, and I have the documentation to prove that you aren't the owners, that you used to be a mortgager to the actual owner that died 10 years ago and paid off his mortgage to you 10 years ago. So what the hell are you doing with your hands on this house? Mm-hmm. It's but to make adverse possession of it, and then you're leasing it illegally. Mm. Like, you guys, I could have you put in jail, and then you want to call the cops on me because the light company turns your lights out? Like, these people were a living nightmare, and I didn't see a way out of it, and because of the past where I envisioned things working out like my marriage. Hmm. Or I envisioned things working out like, you know, me and my daughter coming together sooner than now. And they didn't manifest. I didn't know what was going to manifest. So I thought about my way planning for different things and you know how it's you know people say that you plan and God laughs because I set out things to do things and my physical father was the one that was like no I don't want to go there mm-hmm. so I took it that it was from 
my spiritual father, my creator, mm-hmm. because I set it up so for it to go through. And then so I set something else up to come through. And then this popped out of nowhere mm-hmm. with the proof of income to get it, with the money to get it already sitting there. And then putting the stuff in the storage, everything, the, the train ticket, everything just went like boom, 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 boom. Mm-hmm. Then I got down here. I had a, a, a job lined up with a small business, a small trucking and a hauling business. Went to work for the first week. That business fell through. No fault of our own. The owner did some dumb things, got locked up. So now I'm sitting here, no means of income, like what am I going to do? Money I got dwindling out. I get a call on my phone. Mm. Hi, Anisha. This is, um, this is Lori Thompson. I'm calling you from Fred S. Keller School in Yonkers, New York. Um, um, uh, uh, an, uh, an employer of ours gave, you your, our, gave us your card a long time ago. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with her, Ananya. And I said, yeah, I worked for Ananya when I first started my business five years ago. Yeah, well, you know, I am the director of a school, an elementary school in Yonkers, New York, and we're looking to contract a cleaning company to come clean our school. Hmm. Hmm. Wow. That's the both side. Yeah, it is. That's that's what I'm saying. When you're in tune, you put it out there, he's the one to give it. When he shuts the door, mm, no one can door. open it. But mm. when he opens the door, no one can close it. Because uh-huh. this lady is like, I want a mom and pop shop, startup, to come and clean the school because I had one five years ago, but they – went out of business, and the cleaning company that we contracted with, they're not cleaning. Mm. And we need somebody that's going to take detailed care of the school because it's infants, infants to like six years old, five or six years old, until they go in, into kindergarten. So the kids are always all over the floor, and they're dropping toys and putting it in their mouth, and it's a big facility. But, I mean, the lady is constantly talking to me like she said, oh, well, my, my, my supervisor just told me she's giving me carte blanche to, to, to work with whoever I want to work with. And I really enjoyed the last conversation we had. And I'm just like, and she's telling me what to bid. She's telling me where my bid exactly needs to be to win the bid. Like everything. So, oh, I mean, I pray, pray for me that I get it because I need it. And Lord knows what this will open, what door this will open for me to be able to really expand that business and then move on to other things that we need inside the nation. So it's like I know I have something to do with it. But I know that also it's like a t- almost like a timing thing. Like when it's your time, mm-hmm. it's your time. Like right. I feel like the most high is like you've been oh, yeah. through enough pain. Like mm-hmm. I put you through real intense pressure and pain to see if you would buckle your principles mm. and 
some things you tightened up and got so much better. <laughs> you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. a lot of things you are excellent at. And then there's a few things, you know, you still can work at. Yeah. But for the most part, I think he's pleased. So he's like, okay, I can give you some things. I can trust you to be a good steward over it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so it, pray it, for me. It, it, pray it, for and me, it, please. And it's, it, and it's that's true. You know, and when I'm saying that, when, you know, when we put it out there, in that state of mind consciousness, we are connecting with that ultimate force or that mm-hmm. creator. That's what I meant, you know, because, you know, he is the one that manifests all things anyway. You know what I'm saying? Good or bad. So, and like you said, the key thing you said that he, you know, he, he, he revelates to you that, you know, you're, you're on another page now. This chick was saying at the Hebrew thing, she, had, she got up her, she was a poet, and she was saying that now's the time for us to level up, you know, like a game, you know, like the children play mm-hmm. the games and you get a power and then you level up. And the next day I did a talk with the women and the the, the uh, Octis, and I was telling them I, I wanted to remind them and, 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 you know, continue and emphasize what she was saying, but to go one step further, we have to understand we can't level up. When them children are playing a game, if I'm correct, Cedric, uh, mm-hmm. when you're playing a game, Xbox or whatever, in order for that avatar to level up, do it not have to do with something with you creating the situation or taking them to that level of getting that yep. power source to level up? Yeah. Okay, so in other words, we have a creator that is doing these things, and we have to recognize that that he's the one giving us that power to level up, you know. And yep. he makes it so easy, so simple, ABC123. It all falls in place because my story's kind of similar. You know, I moved from a three-bedroom, and I didn't know where I was going. I didn't have a clue. I didn't want no more houses. You know, I don't want all that no more. I'm not interested in all that. That's less work for me, you know. So, Mm -hmm. I, you know, and and, and I woke up. I sat up in the bed one day, and and the voice said to me, get an apartment. I said, ah, I can't deal with that, you know, people and, uh, you know, I just don't want that, you know. And it says, get an apartment. So I said, now, where am I going to get, where, where, where'd I go, what'd I do, you know? And uh, the next couple of days later, third day, the voice said, go around here, such and such a place. I said, oh, they're my heights, you know, they kind of, you know, I don't know, you know. But I went anyway. I was following that voice, but I put it out there to the most high, to in the universe, in that, you know, realm of uh, I need. And guess what? Everything went smoothly, like you said. Anisha, you know, the money, everything was available. You know what I'm saying? And now mm. if I'm in a better place where I can sit and function and create and think and do better, you know? So it's a level that we go on, but it's not of our doing. No. It's that, that power up by the most high. And we have to recognize that. And that's, that's why what you said earlier about we have taken the most high out of everything. See, we think we're doing it on our own, <laughs> and we're not. You know what I mean? So, you know, we will pray for you. I'm going to pray for you. I know Ox said is going to pray for you and anybody else on this line will pray for you. I think you can do it. I think it will come. It will manifest. You know, keep your heart and mind on what you're doing and, you know, what you're going to do it for and why you're going to do it. It will come. It will come so simply. It won't be no, you know, issues or anything. It will just fall right in place. Won't it, Cedric? Yes, ma'am. And, and I trust you me. <laughs> I I definitely believe that statement because I'm a living testament to it. Mm-hmm. So. 
please. And also, and this is for everybody on this line, believe in yourself. Yes. Please believe that you have the confidence to do anything. Because there were, there, trust you me, there have been many times in this nation where I was, you know, I caught myself on being afraid you know, the kind of stuff out there and not knowing, I like, well, what if I, you know, mess up or what if I, and I just took a chance. Mm-hmm. And I'm growing into taking the chances now, but I'm being mindful, mm-hmm. you know, of, you know, the good and the bad. Right. And you know, <laughs> so, because I don't want to, you know, overstep my boundaries. You do not do more than what you can, though, but don't be afraid of stuff out there. Take chances. Because that's Never. the only way you're ever going to grow. But please have confidence in yourself. And that the same way when they crossed over River Jordan, they took that chance? Yeah, they took the chance. And they set up the stones. And they set up their, they set up their laws. And they set up their creed. Mm-hmm. You know, all, all things happen in stages. And know what you're capable of doing and do it. Mm-hmm. You know, because... Time does not wait on anybody, but at the end of the day, we want to be, you know, mindful that, you know, the little time that we have, we make use of it. But one of the things that I will say is just believe in yourself because at this particular point in time, we have the tools that we need, you know, in order to do what we need to do. Mm-hmm. We just have to do it, and if we don't do it, we have nobody to blame for our shortcomings. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just, I'm just saying, you know, we have yeah. nobody to blame but ourselves. You know, when our shortcomings fall on us, you know, so prepare yourself and mm-hmm. understand that you have the ability to do exactly what these Caucasians are doing. Mm-hmm. And we want to do it in a way that is going to benefit us and not have or cause any detriment to anybody else, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, hallelujah. It's, 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 hallelujah, all praise to the most high. That's the bit of advice that, you know, he put in my mouth to say to you, you know, and to yeah. anybody else and myself. I, I, I have to keep telling myself this over and over yeah. and over because sometimes, you know, you'll run into a roadblock and you just kind of feel like, well, I don't know what to do. Hell, mm-hmm. if you don't know what to do, ask. Yes, ask. That's what it says. Ask. You Please should say. Mm-hmm. You know, go to the source first and consult, you know, your counsel and then move forward. Or right. don't move forward. It's really how you approach the situation. But nonetheless. Um, uh, I wanted to say one more thing. Um, yes, ma'am. You know, just exactly what you were saying, believe in yourself. Also have the... Um, you know, just uh, follow the rules, playtime, and follow is one of my favorite ones. And also, just grow old gracefully because each day you're getting older, you're supposed to get wiser. You know, yeah, that's and, true. Uh, you know, you guys are getting older. You're not old, and, and neither am I. And 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 uh, uh, you know, the older of uh, 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 in the uh, nation, we're not old. We're getting older, but you know, just grow old gracefully. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And yes, allow ma'am. that voice instead of that ego, but that voice to guide you. And, and, and when instances like at Calm where someone comes up out of clear blue thin sky, it, it's really from the most high. You know what I'm saying? And it will come to fruitation. It really will. Uh, and then when you bring it to the congregation or the members or the people, you know, we all put our, our minds together and our spirits together and, 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 you know, bring it to help you bring it to fruitation. So 
It'll, it'll be all right. You'll be all right. Yeah, I know now, we're getting ready to go. It's what time is it? Almost eleven o'clock here. It's y'all don't know how beautiful this is because I have been along with y'all. I've been on live with y'all this long in a long time. And yeah. me and Auntie Nisha was online last week. It was I, I was kind of like, God, where is everybody? But I'm just, <laughs> I'm just glad that we were able to have this conversation tonight because I, I felt good with everybody being. Um, so and having Mother Ema here, oh, whoever yeah. else is here, thank y'all for being here and understanding. Is he going to be on Sunday? I don't. Now, that I don't know, but I need yes, to be one of these Yes, he's going to be on Sunday. Yeah. I need to be one of these recordings because I heard he's been going in. Mm-hmm. I I heard that he had really been going in on these recordings, so I need to take some time. Going in on what? I, no, I heard that he's been going in on these radio shows. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Right. You know why he does. So. Just to let you guys know, we just recorded, he and I recorded one today. Mm-hmm. So if you oh, guys you have a chance, yeah, he really like he messed my head up because I yeah. just came to him. He, I came to him with the information, thinking that if he didn't plan anything for Sunday, uh-huh. that maybe he would like because he's going live Sunday, he would want to bring it, mm-hmm. you know, to the public. And he goes, "Oh no, sister, I think you need to go on now and record it." And I'm That's like, wonderful. "What?" That's how Priest is, man. Yeah, he'll do he, Let me tell you something. We had a conversation one time, uh, I and a couple of the brothers, and it was like immediately after that conversation, we did the uh, we did the audio. I think that was my first time. No, that wasn't my first time, but that was the first time we had ever did, like, a, a recording with Priest. That was the first time I ever did a recording with Priest, I think. And we did it about uh, when it was about to do the sequestration of the government right during uh, the government shutdown in 2014 or, yeah, I said like in 2014. Uh-huh. And it was about the, uh, uh, I think it was Senator uh, Harry Reid, I think it was. Yeah. Harry Wasn't Reed that, 2000, that was uh, going into 2014, wasn't it? Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. And we did it immediately after we got off the line. I didn't know that we were going to do it immediately after we were discussing it. Mm-hmm. And we did that. You'll be surprised how we, how he, how Brother Priest works. Like, he, he, he gonna, know he got that idea. Is he going to play it, play it uh, Sister Anisha? I saw it on the talk show. Okay. But I, I saw it pop up. Mm-hmm. I know I had told him that I wanted to put in the Ruby Selah gun law mm-hmm. at the beginning and a little bit of it at the end because I had mentioned it in the podcast. And we did it at about four, mm-hmm. and it immediately, I saw it immediately post, but it wasn't to where you could listen to it. So I think he wanted to put that music at the front, at the front of it right, and at the right. end of it. Mm-hmm. So it might be available now. So what is it on? Here. Come out, hurt my people, or the uh, yeah. come out, hurt my people. The talk oh. talks you. Okay. Oh boy! So the brothers then had their time, and the sisters are something up. Oh, oh yeah. I, I swear, like I love, I love Priest Man. He just he makes stuff happen, and I tell you, like when he gave us the opportunity to do the radio, I was. I never said it, but I was nervous. Oh, we gonna, we going to get back into it. Just hold I on. I was nervous. 
We so ain't going nowhere yet. It's just, right. you know, something we have to do other right. things right now. But we got, right. everybody's got that experience and stuff. You know, everything's going, it's all, when it's time for it to fall in place like the puzzle or the bigger picture, it will happen. Yes, ma'am. You know. I, I, I want to ask this one question before we go. Uh, Tanisha, how did you feel uh, record? I know it, was, it shouldn't have been no different than when I, myself, Ema, and the rest of us have been doing, you know, the recordings, but how did you feel uh, doing uh, the recording for talk show and all those different things? Nerve-wracking. <laughs> because like, now, I don't see where she had a problem with that because once she get going, she'd be flowing. Yeah, yeah. Like, I didn't. Once I started it, like, once I got past my intro, I made sure I wrote my intro. Mm-hmm. And I made sure I went and I bookmarked my certain scriptures that I wanted to reference and pertaining to what I was talking about. Mm-hmm. And I um, screenshotted the articles that I wanted to reference pertaining to what I was talking about. And once I got past my intro and got into the girth of what needed to be discussed, it was coming through me. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if it was me. (laughs) (laughs) Who was that? Paul said, you know, no, it was Peter. Peter, first Peter. When he's talking about, you know, it's not, you know, what manner of this is speaking through me. Yeah, it was, you know, yeah. it'd be like that. And, and, I, and I, re- yeah. I referenced before I started talking because, and let me tell you something. He left me on my own. He's like, sister, I'm working <laughs> right now. I'm working <laughs> right now. I can't help you. Mm. You're going to do this on your own. I got faith in you. Call me <laughs> if you need me. I'll come in at the end. And he let me just rock. And one scripture that came to mind when he said that and told me to call him back when I'm ready is Matthew chapter 10, verse 19, where it mm-hmm. says that, you know, when you we are delivered up, and I even said this on the, I, I quoted this on the uh, report, and I said, when we are delivered up, and I said, even though I'm not being detained, but it says that when you are delivered up, take no thought how or what you shall speak, for it shall be given you in that same yep. hour exactly. what you shall speak. Yep. And then it, I'm telling you, if you once you in the zone, you just you you really do you're not yourself. Like there have been <laughs> times where like I'll be when I first did it, I was just like I was nervous. <laughs> I swear I was nervous. I think I was so nervous one time I dropped a couple of bombs on there. Like when I say bombs, I, I dropped probably the F bomb or the H bomb on there. And I, you know, it was kind of like I had to literally just go with the flow because when I did it with, uh, when I was recording with Brother uh, uh, Minister uh, Robert and at the time Brother Antasha Neer, Mm-hmm. The brothers, they had already been on the radio, and when I they invited me, I was just kind of like, you know, I've never been on the radio. I don't know what to say. <laughs> you know, I just got to kind of fit in, and then after a while, it literally became natural. Mm-hmm. And being able to talk to Ema and mm-hmm. uh, talk to Brother Robert and talk to Brother Emmanuel and, and, and Brother Nathaniel, 
And also, what's his name? Uh, what's the other gen- uh, young man? Oh, I can't think. Uh, of uh, Yeah, no, uh, not Tobiah. Uh, the other one, my my oh, buddy. Man? Not to buy a, uh, Elias. Yeah, that was yeah, that Elias. was. Yeah, I remember he when when I had my little show talk show, and I invited him on. And he didn't. He couldn't speak at all. But after okay. I worked with him, he he, you know, and he started going on the radio. He was awesome. You know. Um. Yeah. Like you, you guys help us to you know not be afraid to really be on it because right. like we're talking to people outside of talking to just us. It's a, there's a whole, you, your whole personality changed. Like, you literally, yeah. you're like, dang, like, I didn't really think that I'd have to be talking to so many different people outside mm-hmm. of tribe. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I know that, you know, if he put you on the radio again, I know that it'll be much easier. Yeah. I didn't know he was going to let you do it by yourself. <laughs> but there's one thing I can see is now you've been able to do it. Yeah. One of these days, I would love. I, I this is the God honest truth. I would love to hear something, uh, from, uh, Ema, you, uh, Sister Adiana, something from uh, definitely Octia uh, Torah. Uh-huh. I would love to hear y'all. Yeah. Just, I want to hear the, the reason specifically why I want to hear all y'all together, because I really want. Our people, I want our people outside of tribes to really understand the women in mm-hmm. tribes. Yeah. <laughs> like, y'all are not the typical, Man. you know, y'all are not the typical women of Judith. Like, y'all are really, really smart, brilliant women. <laughs> and I've never, I mean, I did, you know, talking to a lot of different women outside of, you know, tribes, you know, in the community and things like that. Just hear how y'all talk. It's like, man. Well, like, I hope I'm praying to God that I run into people like you guys. But don't get me wrong, I am running into you know brothers and sisters that are waking up. I just was approached by a lady at the post office. She hasn't been like in her sixties, uh, a sister, and she I chat with her before about it because she asked me why my name was Israel. She thought it was very peculiar for an African-American male to have the last name Ben Israel. When I explained to her before about it, she was just kind of like telling me about, you know, this Caucasian woman who wanted her to come to a Judaism class. But then just the other day I went up there and we had like a long conversation and she just kept telling me that the more she read, the, the more she starts to read the book, the more she's convinced that, there's more to our relation to it, mm-hmm. than, you know, that meets the eye. And I say, wow. ma'am, just keep reading. You're you're going to see a whole lot of different stuff. She said there's a lot of things that are happening, and I'm convinced, you know, some things are adding up, mm-hmm. you know, regarding to our people in relation to this book. And, like, I was like, holy crap, wow. this is like a freaking play. Like, everybody's finding out about it, mm-hmm. you know, well, like I said, we, we just got to trust in ourselves and keep going, you know. Well, please, please, you guys, listen to it and tell me. Your priest said I did very good. Okay. So uh, I just want to make sure I made sense because I what? was trying to make sure I was pulling it all together because I I referenced the Yvette, the Yvette Carnell show, Breaking Brown, and the data that she brought to the table. I mentioned uh, Antonio Moore and Tone Talks and the data that they brought 
they're bringing to the table. Um, I mentioned some code for it. I mean, to go in there. That's what I was about to ask her. What is it? The one two six one two six the one two four. Excuse me, one two four six three seven. The one. The same line he comes on on Sunday. Four six three seven. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Right. As soon as we get the call. I wrote it and, down. And, and the date is for today, the 28th? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Today. Okay. okay, let me see. Okay. I was on I that sofa for 54 yeah, minutes. 50, it's got here 5822. There you go. Okay. <laughs> That's almost an hour. Look, all that uh, news, that when we was in the news, doing the news, I mean, it pays off, don't it? It really, yes, yes, it really does. <laughs> and listening and listening and being on fellowship and being in class yeah. and, yeah, and listening to all the blog talks from Blog Talk and all of the podcasts from Talk Show, mm-hmm. it really, really helps. Because And then even listening to these at Car- Carnell, you know, Breaking Brown and listening to Antonio Moore because they they follow very similar formats. And I mm-hmm. really, really like them. Um, because I I see that they are the epitome of what true civility inside a body politic is supposed to be in mm-hmm. taking government, you know, holding government to task. Mm-hmm. The only problem with what they're doing is they're missing they're missing organizing with your tribe. Mm-hmm. They're talking about lineage. And what matters is lineage and bloodline and do your, are your ancestors tied to this land, which gives you the same justice claim that I have. No. So you're coming over here from wherever you're coming from, checking African-American is a problem for me because that means all of the laws that were implemented to benefit our people because we have a justice claim and to sustain our children are now going to you, and you become a cover for mass media to use to say African Americans are doing better, but when in actuality they're not talking about the American descendants of chattel slavery. They're talking about... African immigrants that look like us, whether they be from Africa or they be from the Caribbean, yeah. that are doing well. But meanwhile, American descendants from chattel slavery are impoverished, and we are 40% unemployed right now. And we got hookworms in our backyard, and our representatives are talking about DACA. Mm. Yeah. So it, I can't it, be mad at her, but Yvette. While you're talking about reparations, you got to understand reparations is not something given to an individual. It's given to a body politic, a nation, a body of right. people, a government. Right. When Israel right. got reparations, they didn't give it to individual Israelis. They gave it right. to the nation of Israel. Exactly. Exactly. For the Holy Cow. Right. So that that's basically what that podcast is about. And then I talked about Trump. And the different tweets that he was putting out and the different articles about the Bible studies and um, tying that into that and him also and also the article about him being at the African-American Museum saying anti-Semitism and, 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 and the Holocaust was terrible. And why in the heck would he say that when he's in an African-American museum? Right, right, right. 
crazy. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff that I I tried to tie into the point about who we are and them yeah. knowing who we are and why the means in which Yvette and Antonio and uh, Ty, whatever he see, Coates and Carnell uh, West and everybody uh, that's yeah. having this reparations discussion, why the means in which they are pers- pursuing the justice claim is not going to no, work. Black no, is not, not a race. And, it's and, not a nationality. And you know what we uh, need to do, too, is a conversation about the so-called conscious, <clears throat> you know, ones out here like Omar and all those others that, you know, speak of the Kemet thing and all that. We need to address that, too, you know. Cause and pan-Africanism and... Yeah, panism and all that, African and yeah. Temple and Nation of yeah. Islam and mm-hmm. yeah, yes, yeah, ma'am. You know they're not really helping the people, and they're they're more generated towards you know commercial commerce. You know they're not really helping the people. That's I think that needs to be addressed too. It's the so-called conscious community. I'm not talking about the Hebrew Israelites out there. I'm talking about the conscious community. You know. Oh, the ghetto Athens. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's exactly <laughs> what they are. I'm just being honest. The ghetto, the ghetto Athens. You know, they they come they they come there to learn something new, mm-hmm. and they'll keep going in circles and circles, and then when you get down to the root of, but you get down to the real right. What do y'all plan on doing about the plight of black people? And then they're just kind of like. Well, and then you're like, so we watched you debate mm-hmm. only to ask you one simple question, and you guys haven't even even given that a thought. But you know all about ancient Kemen, mm-hmm. walls, and like none of that relevant stuff. Like none of that stuff really matters at this particular point because we don't live in that reality. But don't you think it matters to them because they're commercial? They're reaping, you know, commercial. Oh, well, that, right. yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, I know it matters to them, you know, like Brother Blight and, and all them, you know. And <laughs> also, he's not teaching anymore. He's not. Well, that's what yeah, he, he said. Um, he, 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 he got high in society. He moved up here in California. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he got himself a white woman. He's in heaven. Yeah. And um, he, 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 did you see a picture of her in that African attire? He had a white chick out there with that African attire on. I said, this yeah. brother that went loco. But we also we also have to include a lot of these Hebrew Israelite kings. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Because you know IUIC is advertising a university. Uh Brother Bahamia showed me that. Well, I thought I thought they would have one by now. The way they've been going hardcore all these years. Right. But what the heck are they teaching? Idolatry one hundred and one. Yeah. Yeah. No. You know, I, I I look at it like. Whatever it is, you are, I always, I'm kind of thinking about it like the product will reveal the manufacturer. Right. Right. And, <laughs> so, and, uh, and, and, and don't forget, uh, uh, Cedric, Minister yes, Cedric, from day one when we came into this nation and the way we was going through the protocol and the secession of, the, you know, uh, what is the first the class, um, nucleus and on and so forth, it was always emphasized ego. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Their ego, yeah. and it just shows you no matter 
who you are, you can get caught. That's what Brother Priest is trying to tell us. We have to understand that. You know, the ego is very powerful. It's very powerful. And some of these people probably start off with good intent, but look at them now. You right. know, the world has overcome them, the materialistic world. And when you say, you know, you have to keep that frame of mind, I'm not. I'm in this world, but I'm not of this world. Of this and, world. You know what I mean? It could be explained from a deeper, profound standpoint, but just on the surface, I'm in this world, but I'm not of this world. And that will keep you, you know, uh, stable and, sta- you, know, you know, stationary. You know what I'm saying? You have to have that base, that stability, rather. You have to have that stability. And that's one thing we have to keep reminding ourselves, you know, with the stability. And if we talk about these issues of people, all these organizations and different individuals that have been out here all these years, and still nothing has occurred with our people, that's a good thing to put it out there like that. Yes, yes, ma'am. And and even with Byron Allen and Cornell West and the guy Folks and Don Lemon and even LeVar Ball was getting – it's like – He's getting on my nerves. Like, I see that he is just looking to line his pocket. Oh, yeah. I dropped in all of them. All of them. He's talking about starting this tournament Mm -hmm. where he pays the kids $3,000 for, you know, semi-good players, $10,000 a month for really excellent players. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They have to all wear big baller brand clothes. I'm wondering who's going to pay for that. They have to not be interested in going to college. These oh, are wow. kids that don't. These are kids that don't want to go to college uh, or don't want to go the mainstream regular like McDonald's tournaments uh, and NCAA league. This is to be a competitive league for the NCAA. Well, who's going? And, I, are their names going to be on the front, or whose names going to be on the front of the uniforms? <laughs> you know Big Ball is going to be all over that thing, and their names will probably be all on it. But then he wants them to always be in Big Baller attire, like they're in the NBA. But the thing is, there are only but so many slots in the NBA. Everybody right. cannot go pro. Right. There are all, only but so many spots exactly. overseas on teams. Everybody is not going to get a spot overseas or in the NBA. So you have these kids that don't want to go to college. Are you at least giving them a trade to study at the same right, time that they're studying right. basketball so that if they don't get into the NBA, they have something to fall back on besides just three or ten grand a month? Are you going to teach them economics so that they know how to invest that money so that they can stretch it? And Like, what are you, what are you doing? Like, Get ready to line his pockets, his yeah. own pockets, like the like the Caucasian does. <laughs> um, my phone is going dead. I love yes, everybody. Yes. I will hear. I'm gonna listen to that, uh, uh, Anisha, Oxetric. Uh, uh, yes, ma'am. Hear you. Uh, I look forward to talking to you again. You know. Yes, ma'am. Me too. Uh, some, I got some deep esoterical things to share with you in the long run. Oh line. boy. <laughs> yes, ma'am. And, uh, you know. We, uh, you know, and I, we miss you. I hope that you come on back uh, on that Sunday when we come back, so that you can, you know, see what we're yes, doing. Yes, I, because I know that there's, I know that there's going to be a lot of changes in January for oh, me. Oh man! Um, yes. But nonetheless, yeah. I'm, I'm going to go with the flow and do what I need to do yeah, and be exactly. where I need to be. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, you know, I can. That's all I can do. 
But right. for the most part, designation for me is, you know, what I enjoy doing. And the thing yeah. in the nation is what I enjoy doing only because we're trying to build a government or we are making a government, rather, not trying, but making a government. So that's, for me, what comes first. And, yes, ma'am, I definitely uh, need to try to, I, I, you know, we're going to try to get on Sundays again, okay. but nonetheless, yeah, my schedule has been like ever rolling roller coaster. So actually, you know, tonight we sounded like we we we, we I, this sounded like a a, a radio a talk show. It really yeah. did. Did <laughs> yeah, man? I felt like we if were we, right where we needed to be. So, if we put fellowship on a podcast, it would be oh, a problem. Man. Oh man! Oh, they shut us down. They literally would. <laughs> Because things that yeah. we engage in, we know we we know what we know what the spirit usually uh, carries us. So yeah. yeah. Um, but nonetheless, I love you. I love you too, mom. I love you, uh, sister uh, Akti, Anisha, and Akti Adiana, and big brother, uh, big brother Gavin. I love you too. Yeah. Anybody else that's on here? I don't know if there's anybody else. Hey, wait, I have one more question. Does any anybody heard anything from Ark Eric and his consort Crystal? Uh, no, I you know I was just thinking about that when we was talking. I'm gonna call and check on them tomorrow. I am. I'm yes, check on them. Yeah, I'm gonna reach out to them and see how they're doing and a couple other people. So okay. You yes, know, I yes, I definitely will reach out tomorrow, send them a text, or either try to call them and see what their status is and how they're doing. Yes, I will. Yes, ma'am. You know. All right. Well. All right. It is 14 minutes at the Well, left. when do we come back? The 14th or? Oh, the 23rd. Next, January 23rd? Yes, ma'am. You sure? That's what he said. Oh, okay. I was thinking about the 14th. Okay, yeah. okay. Okay, well, I'm glad I asked you. All yes, right. Okay, Sister Anisha, can hang tough. You're going to do what you got to do down there, you know, and just keep it, keep it, you know, keep it going. That's all we can say. Right. Yes, yeah. All right, I yeah. love y'all. And I'll talk to y'all later. Shalom. Love you too, Mom. Love you too, brothers and sisters. It is now 15 minutes after 11. We will adjourn for this evening. Everyone, please enjoy your Sabbath. And shalom, shalom. Shalom. Shalom.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.